boom, we're live. Well, we're not live. We're not we're live. I mean, know. it's live to somebody. Yeah. Because they're living, they're living this. I hope you're having a good day, I guess. <laughs> and I hope you're having a good day, Caleb. How's it going? Oh, man, I'm so excited to be here. And not even like sounding like, oh, I'm so excited to be at Jimmy Fallon on the late show. It's just, I, I'm so happy to be out of the house. Yeah, you've been, you've been stuck, huh? You've been staying at home. Good yeah, night. yeah. Um, I called my mom at like, I think like one in the morning. I, I, one of my friends from high school started like a group chat on WhatsApp, and then that just turned into like this fucking reminiscing of memories, and it was awesome. And we were voiced, we were on Discord for like four hours video chatting. All you Zoomers in your Discord, man, fucking yeah. Well, it's like it's, it's good for the size of people. We had six people in the call, and um, and then I got off, and I was like, my mom's like, I miss you, love you, hope you're doing good, and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll talk to you, and then, you know, then I started like talking about stuff that was pissing me off and she's like oh i failed you as a mother i wasn't there for you enough and i was like no, what how did she make that leap i have no idea um i was talking about like uh, well, i suppose like every mother she just assumes you're gonna die now in the middle of this thing you know all parents are like oh stay at home oh she knows i've been saying she's not worried about that she's just like yeah and yet here you are staying at home yeah, yeah. This <laughs> is, well i mean comedy estonia is always kind of feeling like home oh, so am i really lovely yeah oh that's nice Got to suck the corporate dick from time to time. <laughs> you sure do. Yeah. You sure do. Yeah. So it's just uh, like, I, I don't know. Anytime I get to speak and there's a microphone, I just think it's a sensual experience to express myself. What, but also you kind of have to take extra precaution because of your girlfriend's uh, condition. Right? Yeah. So she has, um, I won't, I won't go. she's not immunocompromised, but she's in the the risk category. Mm-hmm. Just, I'm just for her own perhaps. You won't tell it the exact yeah, yeah. thing wrong with her. Um, Caleb Bronick is what's wrong with her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm, That's the condition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she's she uh, is she's in the high risk condi- uh, in um, risk category uh, for long term damage and stuff. So uh, for her, she's trying to like she only goes to the stables and that said, and mm-hmm. then I'm the guy who has to go drive and and get everything because well, at one token, uh, I am at I'm at, I'm not at risk mm-hmm. uh, for the for that kind of stuff, but um. In January, I had pneumonia, like atypical pneumonia, and the symptoms were really close to uh, good timing, man. Yeah, yeah, like it was. I, I started, I started having symptoms January like fifth to fifth to fifteenth, right? And um, gotten some antibiotics, and it cleared up. So, like the the joke is that I have, I've, I had corona. I was, I was patient <laughs> zero, um, but uh, Laura has showed no symptoms. So it's like either she's asymptomatic right, uh, yeah. to it, and she just passed over her with no problem. Um, and then I was I was patient zero. You know, I started this whole thing. Yeah, it is starting to get a bit fucking scary, you know, because back home in Ireland, they have this cocooning order for everyone over the age of seventy and mm. people with like pre pre existing conditions and stuff. Yeah. So like, not only can you not leave the house, but in some cases, you can't even leave your fucking room. Yeah. And uh, I mean, here at least here, the Estonian government kind of got out ahead of it, and it's not too bad. Even though I think I read today that fucking eight in ten people on Sarima. Are either going to get it or have gotten it or something? Yeah, um, I mean it makes sense because of, because of the simple fact is even if we have a even when we hit our peak, we won't know we've hit the peak until four yeah. days after it, just because of the way news and reporting works. And I'm sure data. Trump said we'll all be in church for Easter. It'd be fine. <laughs> you know what? I'm thinking. I'm thinking that might be his own ploy to like empty out more of the housing market. So when he's Maybe. out of the presidency, like there's a lot more. Scoop available. it up, man. Scoop it all. Yeah, up. think about it. If you can get all the at-risk demographic who think, oh, it's just the flu. Trump said it's fine, and then 
they go to church and then the priest gives it to them. And then it is amazing to me because I have family in um, in America and they're they're hardcore Republicans. Yeah. Kind of to the point where, you know, it's it's you know how tribalistic it is, but like pure fucking hardcore Republican mm. or nothing. Yeah. And, and they're just like, yeah, no, it'll be fine. It'll be grand. Should Trump said it, you know, and uh, we'll all be in fucking church for Easter. <laughs> I don't know. I think there's like you play stupid games, you get stupid prizes. Like is, I would say is how that goes. Yeah. Um, and they're in New York as well, which is fucked. Oh, what part of New York? Uh, they're up in Newburgh. Oh, Newburgh, okay. Yeah. Do you remember where that fucking is? Uh, it's just... Like, you, don't, you don't know Newburgh? It's one of the fucking most dangerous cities in America. Yeah, but I'm trying to remember if it's south or north of oh, Albany. It's, it's way south. It's just like half an hour from like the, the Bronx. City? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, because I'm from I'm from Troy, New York. So Troy. It's, yeah, it's basically it's the I did the math. I sorry, I want to Google. I figure this out. It's the size of Tartu, but it's half <laughs> the population. Um, it's kind of a shithole. Not gonna lie, there's parts. Is, is this way upstate now or what? Yeah, if you drove, you had you pretty much like you had to drive three hours. So like if you drove to Latvia, if you went from Tallinn to Latvia, that's the distance you have to drive uh, to get to New York. Yeah, upstate New York is a depressing place, man. I I drove through there in 2013, and um, first of all, fuck your toll road system over there. It's just fucking ridiculous. Yeah, you gotta get that easy pass. What a load of bollocks! But anyway, we just pulled off the road to this random town. It might have been Troy, for all I know, and it was just fucking depressing yeah that's um i would say that's uh i'm a little i would say that's completely factual because uh it is just a shithole i remember like the for like first half to three quarters of my life every time i'd go back in the summers the main street in um in troy is called Husik, and it's a steep ass Rauno Husik. yeah <laughs> Rauno. Oh. oh the jokes are flying man yeah <laughs> but it was just like it was a sh it was a shithole road and then like Overnight, they fixed it one day, and I was like, "You can do that? Like, we have money to pay for roads, <laughs> yeah? Or like, uh, but New York roads are just shit in general. We got toll roads. We never pay for infrastructure improvements. So like, if you drive to Vermont, you don't even have to see the sign that says "Welcome to Vermont." You just physically feel it. Yeah, <laughs> got no more snakes on the road. Um, yeah, it's pretty so. rough, all right. But so, how long have you been uh, away from America? Uh, I actually just got back. Um, no, as in like uh, since you moved away. Oh, properly. Um, Last time I lived in the States, I was in seventh grade. I mean, nothing to an Irishman, man. We don't uh, have grade system in Ireland, I'm afraid. Wait, seventh grade add six. What, since I was 13? I, have, right. I haven't been in the States. Yeah. I haven't lived there. I go back every every uh, summer. I used to go back every summer. And now it's like every eight to 16 months I go back. And your parents are there? Um, no, my dad. My parents are divorced. Oh, okay. So they divorced when I was nine. My dad lives in... Uh, Ankara, Turkey. My mom lives in Troy. So Whoa, Turkey! What the fuck's he doing there? Diplomatic. You oh, know, right. that's that's, oh. how he, that's his his job. To I see where brain. all your fucking money comes from now, huh? Dad. I, Dad. I, no, I don't. I, <laughs> I'm actually really proud about being poor. If that makes sense. Why would you be proud of being poor? It's not. It's not like oh, look at me and my. With your with your fucking brand new Ford, whatever it is, Raptor, fucking. It's a Ford, cruising around. Ford Ranger, watch. The thing is, I'm I'm in a I'm in a very lucky position. And I'm not yeah, you're poor, bro. Yeah, yeah, you're no. fucking dead. I, I went out to your house the other day, and I was oh, I, I felt so bad for you, man. Yeah, it's just a doghouse. Yeah, I don't even have a door. I've got those like fucking Rasta fucking. beads. <laughs> the walls are Rasta beads in your house. Man. <laughs> so yeah, Turkey. That's uh, because you speak Russian, don't you? Uh, not not really. I speak German. 
But my yeah, why? Why do you speak German? Um, so I why don't I, you why don't you speak Estonian? You filthy fucking pagulana. Well, yeah, everyone speaks English, and I get by. And since I was actually my second year when I started comedy, I was like, I'm really gonna focus and start learning Estonian. Yeah, no. And then I started doing comedy and realized how many people understand me. I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna do comedy. Yeah, it doesn't. Instead. I'm the fucking same. I'm. Do you, when you're at shows here, <clears throat> and you're sitting down and you're watching someone like Mikael, Ari, or Sander. And they say something in Estonian and they get a big laugh. Yeah. Your brain automatically goes, oh, that, that's the most intelligent. It must be the most intelligent, cutting it, shit I've ever. Because you don't understand it, right? Yeah. It's, it, but it might just be a dick joke or a fart joke. But you're like, oh, man, what did he say? So um, whenever. So I actually just started getting into hosting um, shows. So I'm doing it more frequently now, probably like once a month or once every other month. Um, and I started getting in specifically hosting um, the KPK show because it's English, have a native English speaker host. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. And every time Ari goes on, I'll be like, that's the probably the third or fourth show of the month. And then I've, I've just now getting to see the jokes Ari's been doing last two weeks in Estonian in mm -hmm. English. And his jokes are great. Um, but like when I see other people do it, I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure why everyone was laughing at that. That's, <laughs> and when you're hosting, you kind of have to pay attention to what they're doing and yeah. like, especially for time and stuff. So I'm just standing on stage like, you motherfucker, I was actually like nervous that you were just a prodigy. And I, <laughs> I don't know, I was like, I'm getting self-centered and, and like, fuck this guy and shit. Like, Have you performed outside of Estonia before? Uh, I've done Edinburgh for the Fringe, but I haven't. Oh, so you started in Estonia. You, yeah. You, oh, I remember. I was at your first show, wasn't I? Yeah. You, oh, last night, or was that your second that show? That was my second show. Um, uh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I started, started doing comedy here. And... Um, Cause I'm only 21. I moved here when I was 18. Oh, God, you're 21. Yeah. Fucking 32, man. You're making me, making me feel like an old man. <laughs> I mean, in in like respect of everyone of the uh, comedy circle, I'm you like can, you can drink like a 31 year old though. Fair play to you. Yeah, yeah. No, like I've <laughs> I have this I have this joke I do on stage. Like I did it in Var for my closing set in Varsity. I'm like Estonia is not the country to be sober. Like the whole joke is I'm trying to be sober and stuff. It's like, but this country, you, it's not the country to be sober. It's learn how to be an alcoholic <laughs> and I remember I was telling my dad I was like I'm really happy I moved to Estonia because I'm learning about how to be an adult at the right time and he's like what do you mean I'm like well just take drinking for example I realized that um and when I started I was a lightweight now I'm middleweight I think and now, now you're a bit more than a middleweight I'd say you can put it away man <laughs> I mean I'm a big fucker but you can you, you can you can go toe to toe with me like yeah we've had far too many of those 6 a.m fucking nights lately <laughs> love those 6 a.m nights but um, no, uh, but, 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 but. I was telling my dad, I was like, I think it's the best way to learn drinking because I started drinking with Finnish people and Finnish boys who just started university too. So they just got oh, out of the military nice. or they just quit their job after the military. Now they're going to school and they um, showed me snus. They showed me um, minto. That was like kind of a big thing. And I wasn't a big beer drinker back then. So I would drink the... They show you where the dick goes in the vagina, you know? Yeah. yeah. The important stuff. Yeah. The, the you know you know the Finns like you know they're fucking yeah they're, like I actually they're shaved. mad fuckers up there <laughs> I got yeah they're at, like anything goes at a Finnish person's house I think because one time I was, I was touching my I was touching myself in the common room just rubbing my face and um, I was like I should probably shave and my friends like yeah I'm like can I go shave in your bathroom he's like yeah whatever so I went in like at midnight drunk I'm like I'll start shaving but um, I got to drinking those uh, long drink and I was I was playing them I was trying to be like uh, Edward uh, 40 hands, right? <laughs> yeah. So I had uh, two one and a half liters of that and shit, and I've just downed them. And then don't remember that night. 
Yeah, because that was like for me as a lightweight, that was that was the moment to like it goes. So you lived in Finland before you lived in Estonia. No, no, I lived in Turkey. Fucking hell, your yeah, your history is a confusing one, man. It is. Why don't you speak Turkish? <laughs> <laughs> so like, uh, so the whole the whole like where I've lived my entire life. I was born in Troy, New York, and then two years later, my dad uh, my dad had joined the Marine Corps. We moved down to, to North Carolina for a couple years. Then it was Okinawa, Japan. Uh, for another three years, back to New York. Parents got divorced, moved to D.C. for like a half a year. And then uh, dad got remarried and we moved, went and moved to Kenya, went back to D.C., uh, then went to, to Germany. Dad got divorced and then we moved to Istanbul after Germany. And then I graduated there and then I moved here. Oh, well, that it makes sense. You were telling me that you you feel like you belong here far more than you do in America. It yeah. makes sense now. Yeah. Because, I mean, even though I, I lived on, like, American compounds or, like, a, 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 like, when I lived in Germany, we all, like, 1,500 Americans lived in the same area in these, like, block houses that were actually nice mm-hmm. and nice facilities, playgrounds, everything. Everyone could hang out. So that we did that. Um, we didn't really have that in Istanbul. I stayed at home most days. And, um, you know, even though I grew up around, surrounded by them, I was more surrounded. I always had more friends that were either the Europeans or the Middle Easterns or the Africans. Oh, yeah. And so I didn't, I don't really identify with the American culture that much. And so since I can't identify with it, I feel like I don't belong there. And I feel like I'm just more at home with my internationals in Europe, uh, and if that makes sense. But I mean, you spent half your life out of the country. So well, almost half your life. It's like more like three quarters. Yeah. Because I go back. So for like the... 10 years my parents have been divorced uh or like 11 years 12 years whatever uh from like sixth grade till 12th grade i would go back to the states for two months a year and so that only adds up to being like i don't know one year on top of the rest of the years i've lived there so it's realistically like five years total and i'm 21 so it's it's not even it's uh it's 15 20 months of my life so when you travel back to america for for whatever to visit even you feel like a foreigner in your own country in a way yeah yeah like it's um like i get panic attacks when i'm uh, when i'm in the states mm. uh, but i don't get them when i'm here um like my the one of the panic attacks i had recently uh, when i was younger actually not recently uh, i was in the dmv applying for my license and i'm so used to living in countries where i don't understand the mother tongue and i nat my brain is like programmed itself to mute it out so mm-hmm. i only like life's very focused on very specific things I, I can understand and interact with. And so I was in the DMV waiting to get to do my permit test. And I was having a panic attack. Like I, not, I can understand everyone. This is ridiculous. Like I can hear the guy bitching about his wife and I can hear this, this bitch trying to smack her kid. Like I can understand. It's, it's ridiculous. and I don't want to hear it. And so like to me, I like walk around here and I think everyone's talking like astrophysics and you know all this intelligent <laughs> stuff. And I only think talking I'm, about a dead dog around the corner. Exactly. <laughs> It, it 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 adds this like it adds this uh veil of intelligence and yeah. e-community and stuff because like lewis sold this country to me like he was the advertising face um and so the way lewis described it in the videos of being like estonia start a company overnight oh you saw the video of him as a pilot right yeah yeah, yeah. that's like that that was my introduction to Lewis, and so he presents this idea of it's so magical, and I don't understand language. So I'm like, wow, I'm just depressed, but everyone's having a good time. Everyone's doing maths and stuff. Like, well, there is something to that because, and I talked to to Lewis a little bit about this on an old podcast about like how he 
with like he lived in fucking Sweden, he lived in Finland, and he never felt at home. He never felt a part of it, you know. He never felt uh, comfortable. Yeah. But when he f- got here, he finally like clicked. Yeah. And it was definitely the same for me. So there's something about this magical, wonderful country of Estonia that is, uh, it's nice, you know? I, so I have two theories about my life. Uh, the one theory is I'm going to end up back in Istanbul just because it was. You're going like, to leave me here? No, no. I'm, <gasps> I'm talking like when I'm like 45 or something. I might go back to Istanbul. Oh, I'll be dead by then, man. It's fine. I don't know. But <laughs> like, I would say it, to me, a talent especially is what I imagine New York City is like 50 years ago. Like, not in the dirty aspect, but when you hear the saying, like, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Mm. And that is so appealing to me. My first year was spent in the the classic American college uh, fashion of drinking, boozing, uh, clubbing, all the party life. So I was in a haze, and, like, that was really rough for me. But I found comedy, and then I started getting involved in, like, startup community stuff and more active in the business areas. Um started clicking me like okay there's something here that you just don't necessarily see you feel it and it just drives me like like um dan always asked me like why do you why the fuck are you here like i'm i asked ari one question he's like i asked him like when you when you whatever um how do you look at this problem he's like dude you're in the wrong fucking country you know i should be back in the states doing comedy but it's just there's something about he's he's right by the way no 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 (laughs) he's he's most like i already know that in the next like three years if i want to be a full-time professional comedian i need to either move to germany um the uk or back to the u.s there's a there's a low ceiling here in general but there's an even lower ceiling for someone like me and you you know yeah i think the if i want to do public speaking and um and comedy as a full-time job i would have to fall more under lewis's wing and because he's also he brought the idea up once before um about me like being a uh, another host for Comedy Estonia mm-hmm. and doing hosting gigs. So like Lewis can do the big ones. I'll, I'll take the small ones because I'm less experienced and I'm starting to do private. So it makes sense. So I think there is an avenue just to like have a, a modest, very pleasant, joyful life, more importantly, in Estonia. But if I want to get my name out there and really show everyone how it is, I would have to leave. Yeah. So it's... it's yeah. A- I mean, like if you have an ambition to be a successful comedian... Mm. then the whole hosting gig thing is not not for you I'm no no i don't i don't know i'm trying to but even then like germany like <sighs> is it really that much better than here from what know? i've heard they have a really good Eng- they have a really good uh english scene yeah but if you want to make it you got to go to fucking the uk or fuck off back home yeah um i'm thinking the uk is probably where it is because yeah. um i mean the uk is full of fucking toss spots the amount of comedians i know in the uk that i can't stand yeah, they're so far up their own earth, which which means there's room for a very funny man like yourself to swoop in with your fucking experience doing uh, 150 seater open mics in Estonia. Well, that's that's the one thing um, that I remember. I was talking to this one American who just passed by at a Hiu uh, Pubi open mm. mic out of the blue in like last July. And I asked him what he's doing here. He asked me what I was doing here, and we had our basic yeah. chit chat. And he's like, "What's your plan?" I was like, "Well, I want to be want to be a full time comedian." So I'm thinking I'm gonna just move left slowly. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the UK, and then when I'm more established in the UK, I hop back to New York, and then it, you know, you still have to go through the the rungs again of open micing and spreading your name, but you at least have that X amount of years of experience. More importantly, you're established here, and that gives you credibility over there. Mm. And he's like, "That doesn't really work, man." And shit. And I'm like. 
Yeah, but if I go back to New York tonight to shows that are you know thirty people max, and I've already I'm already used to performing for Tart like I've called half of Tartu Nazis before. Like oh yeah, yeah. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah, like once you have that confidence and that that self- yeah, they actually are Nazis too. Which is, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's accurate. You know, <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't hate a fact. It's just it's a fact. It doesn't care. Yeah. So if once I have that experience, I think that gives me an edge. Yeah. Out to the world. Well, uh, we had Glenn Wool, a Canadian comedian who shot a special here. Actually, mm. uh, you know Glenn Wool. Fucking very funny guy, but he shot a special here in uh, Apollo, uh, in Solaris, and uh, we went out drinking afterwards and. He was like, I envy that you got your start here, you know? Yeah. Because I was like, is you know, there's not much of a struggle here if you're reasonably funny. The crowds yeah. are really good. They're fucking, they pack out yeah. every room. So is I, my argument was, is the lack of a struggle a good thing or is the lack of a struggle a bad thing? And he said, look, man, I fucking envy you for having to start here. You're grand. Stay here, and when you're, you know, when, when you want to make the, the step up, then leave. Don't yeah. like, don't look out and go. Hmm, I'm going to go there because you know, that's better because what we have here is great. I didn't necessarily agree with him, yeah, because I do think that struggle is important too. But he had a good point. To be fair, there. I think. I think for here we learn, like if you're just the way I see it, is if you're just starting out and you've you're just like you just signed up for your first open mic. This is a great place not only to learn the fundamentals because once you start trying and, and you show to everyone else that you're in it really yeah. committed, this isn't just a like a hobby or just like a one-time gig, and even if it is a hobby, you know, you can talk to the OGs of, of the comedy scene here. <laughs> yeah. I, hey, I, you're talking to one, Paul. Ex- exactly. Talking to one right now? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not an OG, never mind. I, I, from the way <laughs> everyone else is around you and how like we all gravitate <laughs> to you, you're like the OG. But that's because I'm nice. And it's rare to find a nice person in this country. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. It's rare to find someone who's just nice immediately. <laughs> you know? you, oh, yeah. Like, I remember I thought that all the core guys were just assholes. Oh, they are. Yeah. But, you know. They're funny assholes that you're friends with. Yeah, so they're not yeah. really assholes. But I thought they were like just dickheads <laughs> for like seven <laughs> months. Because no one would talk to me. I would just, like my seven months, my first seven months, I would just sit and talk to the other open micers. And then James came around and I was like, thank God, another English speaker. I know exactly what you mean, because I kind of felt the same. And um, after like a f- the first year or two when I was in Comedy Estonia, my immediate thing is when there's, when there's a new person, go straight up to them, talk to them, find out their name, listen to their set, even if you don't fucking understand it. Yeah. And, you know, just talk to them and be nice to them. They would never do that. They would just sit, especially whenever I did Moku, which is a fairly intimidating place to do comedy. Uh, Well, I don't know what it's like these days, but back then. Oh, it's it's always packed, but it's it's like it's like Tartu's underground scene feeling kind of thing. It's like our it's Tartu's Uxkoik, but they're just I feel like they're just tougher and they're more judgmental. Like, oh, they want the premium joke because it's Tartu. Moku's whole thing for me was always you'd have in new Moku anyway, where you have that side room. Yeah. The, the audience, they're always sitting there and there's always this air of go on, make me fucking laugh. Oh, yeah. Get yeah, up yeah. and you make me fucking laugh. I'm not just gonna give you a laugh. This isn't burning where we're just gonna laugh at a fart in a mic, you know. Yeah. Make me laugh. And so whenever you you'd have new guys come along, uh, you know, the established lads just being back in the corner and fucking not talking to anyone and I'm like, nah, man. I mean, I'm not, drink with me. Come on, we'll have a pint and we'll have a laugh, and that's I'm, it. I'm, I, I kind of, I think because I've been, I, I've, 
because I've been here for so long in that small two years, but I it's really a formative time in my life. I think I've picked up a lot of the culture um, and like how to react to people f from just watching body language and interacting with the other comics. And it's kind of affected my outlook on life. So whenever I see like a new guy showing up, I always make sure to like shake his hand. Mm -hmm. Of course, not now because it's Corona, but you know, one Give when him it, the old elbow. Yeah. Tap. I, just, I just, you know, I'm like, you want to be a comedian? You got to take it and just jab my elbow in his heart. <laughs> um, like I always make sure I say they're high. I, I introduce myself, uh, but it's like super short. And that that could just be me, where like I got I have to deal about my set. I have to like get another drink and stuff. Like yeah, I got they're shit fucking to nervous do. too, you know. We're yeah, all, all in the same boat. I mean, I like fucking with I like fuck, fucking with new people because how so? Well, I think like any like anyone can fuck with anyone, but like just somehow I have like this appeal to people. Like, oh, he's an American. He must he knows something. Why is Elsa's here? Yeah. So like I have like this granted confidence in my personality <laughs> works for it. So I just like. So you just tell them like, man, it's fine, you know, but if you fuck up, you might never get a spot. Like just like shit to like fuck with their head so that the way I see it is it's I'm, I'm doing it for my own self gratification because it's just fun to mess with people. You, it turns out you're the asshole. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you're yeah. the fucking asshole. But also like if, if you can get your guard down and like fuck with someone's head when they get on stage and they're forced, like you have to perform in comedy. Yeah. There, there's no like a way around it um, that when they're on stage. They're like, oh shit, I gotta perform. And then they just go into this flow state or they get tried they get as close as possible to it. So in a way it actually helps them. So it was it was weird with you when I first saw you because it was at last night. It was either the, the first or second time we had done a show in what's the name of that place? Oh, uh, that's a well well cafe club. Well cafe club, yeah. yeah. And uh, you did your set. And it was, you know, no one was getting laughed that night. Yeah. So then you're coming up to me going, like, oh, what do you think? And I'm like, fuck I don't know like <laughs> yeah I, I don't know how the fuck do you how the fuck do you advise someone when you go up in front of a crowd that there's like what three or four people in the audience yeah not barely they don't even speak english never mind fucking estonia because <laughs> we're in fucking last night yeah you know i mean i was i'm actually really happy that you you got to see me in like that the most raw state and then oh, you yeah, got to see me before like, you got good yeah, right? before i got good right <laughs> Like, and now when you showed, when you came back, you know, then you got to see me like fucking doing a, like a 10 minute set, just oh, talking man, to people, hosting yeah. and shit. Just fucking killing it. Like, absolutely. Just, just I wasn't even on, sitting on stage with these legs crossed, just, just puking out punchline after punchline. That, I, that was unreal, man. I did have my legs crossed. Yeah, I haven't crossed right Caleb now. Caleb Carlin is what I call you now, man. I'm a, uh, <laughs> I, thank you. <laughs> Daniel's like the, um, Daniel's the Estonian fucking. Andy Kaufman. <laughs> yeah that's what he is oh man but i don't know there's like weird influx of, of new comedians and stuff and it's got like man burping it's got this new influx of, of new comedians and stuff and it's these new fucking comedians the, there's three young guys at the last quick right yeah and like they they know me from seen me on stage once or twice before but yeah I've n i never spoke to them before yeah the youngest guy who's this young guy who wears the hat oh that's uh that's coward yeah, yeah he just comes right up to me and jiggles my left hit that's how he says hello to me you know what his nickname <laughs> is right well is a little dick little because, dick yeah because it's supposed to be like a somehow it's supposed to be a ripoff of uh of um is this an english or estonian like, it's an estonian like vikanuku or something right? some i don't know like, i'm not exactly sure what it is but it's like he's supposed to be a, like a complete ripoff of of ari or it's ah. Ar, it's ari's um ari's bastard child well because i suppose like th the next generation are going to be lads who have looked at 
the likes of Ari Sander, Mikhail, and Ghana. I can do that. Yeah. Right? So there's going to be a lot of that going on. Well, I mean, it's I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of weird. I I can't because I'm not in the boat where it, the where anyone would fucking mimic me. So I would look. I'm like looking to mimic other people, and I just cannot. Well, you do though, right? I mean, you you who who were your comedic uh, inspirations so before you started before i started um listen to a lot of like uh you know blue collar comedy uh-huh. so it's jeff foxworthy billing vol larry the cable guy and um ron white i fucking love larry the cable guy he gets so much shit do you know i love him do you know that's not his real accent i know yeah 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 i didn't it's a character like i mean i did not know that it comics get so worked up about him you know i did not know that until like last year oh and so to me larry the cable guy was just Larry the Cable Guy. There was nothing. Just some cable guy who decided he, to be a comedian. He had a, he had a <laughs> fucking movie about being a tooth fairy. Like, yeah. I believe this shit. Um, it, I, I just still can't imagine like anyone looking up to, to them. Oh, I'm skipping thoughts, right? Fuck. Influences, 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 yeah, influences. Sorry, sorry. Come on, come on, come on. Yes. We're on a tight ship here. So my thing is that my I think kind of they influence my style as well because I think... Is this, I, is this your real accent or are you doing it? No, this is my real okay. accent. Yeah, no. Right. Just I mean, sometimes I slip into a weird accent, but they... Like Carol. Carol does that. Scottish. Yeah. She turns into a Scottish man when he's pissed. <laughs> if I start talking about Southerners, my accent will slip into a Southern accent. Ah. It's really annoying. Or if I listen to country music too much, it'll slip into... But they've influenced my style because it was never just like a one-line punchline like mm-hmm. Mitch Hedberg is or someone... Um, or Tatiana still used to be when I started. She was always one-liners. Um, it's always these long flowing sto- stories and there's jokes in between them and then they're sandwiched together and you feel like you went on a 30-minute trip but it's only two and a half seconds. Yeah. So it's a that's kind of like where my style was. But now I'm, I'm more influenced by mainstream because I, I don't like being mainstream, I guess. But I think one of the big ones that affected me is Andrew Schultz. Like he showed me a method. Basically, I was bought on the idea that you can be the top dog even at a distance. Um, and so like using other channels to share your media. Mm. Yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. Sorry, I'm fucking... Well, I, I don't pissed. know. I've never actually listened to any Andrew Schultz. If so you've ever know. seen me do crowd work, it's a very shitty imitation of it. I did see you do crowd work. You showed me that one 10-minute video when you were talking to that chick in yeah. the audience, which is funny. Have You You should upload that. because it's, it's on uh, my Instagram. I just it? need to put it on... I need to start a YouTube channel is what I should do. You should do. But it's on YouTube though. Because you you sent me an unlisted YouTube link of you. Oh yes, yes. Because uh, Oleg has them. Oh, Oleg fucking Oleg records everything, doesn't he? <laughs> it, no, it's great because I have like. An I'm entire... scared to take a piss at a show in case he has a hidden GoPro somewhere. I mean, maybe. Uh, it's Oleg. Uh, <laughs> love you, Oleg. But you know, it's weird. Oleg's got all my stuff from when I first started until Same. now, and it's. I mean, it's it's good. I'm I'm thankful. Like he he doesn't. Well, I haven't really performed properly in like a year. But uh, it's useful because I don't like recording my own stuff. I fucking hate listening to my own voice, which is why I started a podcast. <laughs> but uh, like, even so, even though I won't force myself to do it, at least Oleg's like my guardian angel with his GoPro fucking recording everything. Whenever I I generally know when a bit is like I'm used to, I'm used to knowing if the bit is funny just to me because I I had a I couldn't explain myself or there's something actually there. Because um, I, I might get a couple laughs or it's just a dead joke. Um, so I generally will voice record on my phone just to have them saved. So in case there's a bit, I need to double check. Uh, but I kind of feel like coming off stage, whether it's like 
it's actually a good setter. It's just me being an asshole. But Oleg's been there because I can like document the changes for a full month if I miss a show. Uh. Like he's doing a godsend to so many people. I don't think a lot of the younger guys really appreciate, like understand it. Like they should, like go give Oleg a hug more often. You know, I don't think he gets hugs enough. Well, you can't do it now because no, not. I mean, at post Corona, maybe. If we but were. I've been I've been there since the very beginning from when Oleg um, started. Yeah. And, uh, um, he's an interesting cat. He's an interesting fellow. I'd like maybe I'll have him on the podcast and talk to him because uh, nobody talks to him. Oleg is actually <laughs> no one talks to poor old Oleg. Oleg is someone I actually I admire in a very weird way because his dedication to comedy is like no one can no one can say anything against Oleg and his commitment. No, he fucking shows up every time. Yeah, and when he doesn't show up, there's a there's a goddamn good reason for it, and he's probably playing it down anyways. But there was one time. Uh, Oleg was in my car and it was me my girl was driving me and Roger were talking and Oleg was talking as well and Oleg was was asking us about like some advice and stuff and then it clicked in my head Oleg has practical skills um, and I've seen him do really well before and it's it's really nice to see him do really well Um, but what's more impressive is his theoretical knowledge is ridiculously extensive like you ask him about a joke structure or a joke theory or like how to construct anything, he has a plan for you that can work. If you need new joke ideas, he has them. He has every strategy possible, and you can give him information. It's just like, essentially, he's like fucking Google for comedy. Mm-hmm. Like he knows the comics, he knows the material, he knows, I think, a decent amount of the history. He just fucking knows shit. And I admire him because of that, because I don't have that. I just have practical, like I've learned on the job kind of thing. Yeah, I've never really like talked to him properly. I should probably talk to him, you know? Yeah. No, you should. I think like Oleg's a person to have a conversation with yeah. after a bad set, not because like he like if you want to have a, a if you just want to start a conversation with him and you need um, a topic to go on, ask him about your set, whether you did good or bad. That does not that's regardless actually, but just he goes into like actually examining and he pays really good attention and stuff. He's really committed to the craft actually. I think. So you're you're learning German, yeah. Man, am I fucking this podcast up? I feel like I'm... I'm no, 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 no. I'm, I'm just I'm pivoting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pivoting. That's what we do here. You just on, pivot. On the crack den, I guess yeah. I'm calling it now, podcast. Yeah. We pivot. I've been studying German for uh, last uh, five years. Oh. Yeah, last six years. So you're years. relatively um, conversational. Yeah, I actually am starting my... I'll have my good tech exam, which is the German government's exam for um, English uh, for German language certificate certification. Um, and I'm shooting for a B1, but I'll probably end up with an A2, and then I'm going to boost it up to a C1 over the next couple of years. Yeah. Just, just doing it. So, I'm, like, you're taking this whole move into Germany thing seriously, right? Well, actually, I'm learning German for an entirely different reason. Um, my family, my dad got really big into genealogy. and uh, Oh, here we go. My heritage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The Amer- Americans <laughs> always got to bring up the heritage. Well, we found out our family's Prussian, and... Um, from like the area of Lithuania. So like I'm kind of Baltic. This is probably why this area feels like home. You know, it's that genetic bloodline. It's calling me back to the... That's where the alcoholism comes from. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's just... Your problems aren't aren't from the situation. It's it's genetic. Oh, yeah. You had a you had an uncle named Igor and, you know, he just beat his wife too much. You need to drink this alcohol. So man, we, you're going to have to buy a fucking manor now like the, the old Baltic Germans, you know? Yeah. I'm, I, want, I, I have a couple goals in my life. 
I want to buy 20 acres of land. Mm-hmm. Uh, start a deer farm. And I want to speak German fluently. A deer farm. Deer farm. Why? I think there's money in it. In deer? Uh, for meat or what? No, no, no. For trophy. Because... <laughs> in this fucking country? No, no. no here, maybe. There's some hunters, know. but I'm yeah, just... You can, you can hunt here, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Is if, if I made a genetically superior herd, that could guarantee you a six-plus buck for points, right? Man, a German talking about genetic superiority. Fuck me. We're back in the 40s again, lads. <laughs> it's just one beer. Halfway through this one. <laughs> no, but my, un- my uncle was was boasting he lived in germany when he was in because he was in the military lived there for a couple years Mm -hmm. and um he kind of speaks german but it's like very stereotypical stuff he's not really conversational he's got a really bad accent as well um so i was like i was like the second of my family ever to go to africa i want to be the first one in eight generations to speak the mother language the father language again so it's like weird national transcontinental pride and it's also like it's also a, just a thing to say like like to my family like I speak another language why don't you kind of thing. It was just so odd when I found out you're learning German because you fucking came to Estonia to learn German, man. Yeah, you're gonna get pelted by rocks as soon as you leave this building. There's gonna be people screaming outside. They, they, I have the tattoo. I have the Estonian bird tattooed on my shoulder. So there's they, an Estonian bird. Yeah, the sparrow. I actually got a tattoo just to represent my sister. Hold on a second. The fucking sparrows, the Irish bird. What's this? It's this one. They fucking culturally appropriate our bird, man. Have you seen Baby Back? That's a complete a, a cultural appropriation of shit meals in my culture. Uh, yeah, the, the Estonians love Baby Back. They love it. It's, it's, it's fucking shit. It it's, is the worst. <laughs> like I will, I've actually gotten headaches from eating their ribs. Like it's ridiculously bad. It's fucking horrible. I make better ribs in two and a half hours at home than I, I fucking ever had a baby back. I went there with Carl once down in Tartu and um, he ordered a steak burger. And silly me expecting it to be a fucking burger. It was an overcooked steak between <laughs> bread. You, you couldn't chew it. You couldn't bite through it. But Carl was like, mm, yeah, this is great. <laughs> fucking hell, man. I got to take Carl to Texas sometime. Like, I don't, if you brought Carl to Texas, he would never leave. There's no way you're getting him on the plane. He would He's, just... He's severely self-isolated now at the moment because both his parents are like really at risk. So um, he's doing, actually, yeah, I meant to tell you this. He's doing this thing now where starting from Friday, he's going to be live streaming um, for an hour every day, uh, like interviewing the comedians in comedy yeah. Estonia. I think he's starting with Silla and then he's doing Lewis. So uh, get on to him. He might get to some yeah. prime time on uh, Kulapod or whatever yeah. he's calling. I mean, I mean, that's kind of, it's kind of part of the way you got to go. Just. You have to push yourself out there. Fuck, at the moment. I feel so bad for people at the moment because this is my life anyway. Yeah. Like, I stay at home every day. I work from home anyway. Like, I don't, I do fuck all. I drive around. I buy bread. I cook. But I stay at home and I have basically been self-isolating for 10 years now. So watching the likes of you tell me that you're struggling is like, oh, I just feel so bad for people. Well, in my... I They're think, not used to it like I am, you know? Yeah, I mean, because I'm used to doing every... Because I remember when I started doing comedy, like I, my thought pattern was, I've seen some comics who will just do their set and they'll leave. I've seen foreigners do that way too often. And I just thought like, oh, I want... I Like I'm trying to get this level of respect from people and I want to be seen as an equal or just as have valid validation. So I stayed at every show. So for the last year and a half, every other night I was at some bar with my friends, 
um, for a minimum two and a half hours, uh, having a drink, telling jokes, having a fun time. And now, my, and I also had school. I'm known as the comedian at school. So oh, like, you're fucking known. Yeah. Do people like hush? Oh, Caleb's coming. Be careful. He no, might, actually, he might roast us. Tunnel Pother goes to my school, and I still like he's, like who's he's that? I don't know who that the is. The singer, Tunnel Pother. Oh, that that fella. Yeah. yeah, he goes to my school, and it's just like like does he? How fucking old is that guy? It's like 33, I think maybe. I'm not sure. I saw him once live in Duty Duty um, Lilalat, which is the flower festival. <laughs> And there was one topless drunk guy like fist pumping in front of the stage while he was singing. It was great. I have video of that actually. I should put it somewhere. <laughs> no, but like I, I like he's the kind of guy that would get that. For me, it's just I'm a comedian. That's it. Yeah. So regular guy. Um, and now you have nothing. Now you're just stuck at home. Stuck at home. I I can't tell jokes, which is a, a big way of me venting. Well, a lot you can, of but the dog's not gonna laugh at you. You know. No, they're not gonna. I mean, my I'm. So tired of being at home. Everything irritates me now. Do you know how hurt, how painful it was to come to your house and <laughs> not be able to pet your dog? Do you know how much that hurt me? Ge legitimately ruined my fucking day that I didn't get to pet your dog. I mean, I would have taken the bite. I would have taken the bite just to touch his head. <laughs> you know? I, I mean, the last time. So. She accidentally bit someone by accident. It was a, it was a just a complete mistake. And dogs uh, don't accidentally bite people, my friend. Well, well, no, we were in the we were in the summer house in southern Estonia, and so me, Laura, and uh, her brother go out in the lake, and then all the families in the house, and we tied the dog up to the hot tub because we there was guests that she didn't know over. So if we're not around, we got to watch her. That's so how rich Caleb is, people. By the way, he doesn't have a stick to tie the dog up to. He ties it up uh, to the hot, hot tub. Yeah. Tied up to the hot tub, and then the guy just leaves one house, goes to this, the other house, and just wakes the dog up and bites. And he got like two puncture holes from her canines. So, like, just making sure that doesn't happen because she's fairly territorial. So, uh, you see, you see, I'm a fucking idiot, man. Like, if I see a dog, I'm petting that fucking dog no matter what. Oftentimes, I'll, I'll walk to Grossi in Paida or I'll go to Maxima and if there's a dog outside I'm going to pet the dog like, yeah. it's just kind of going to happen I have to so not to pet your dog oh fucking hell man and it, and it was like an Irish wolfhound mix of something too and I'm like oh fucking hell she is she, we haven't had her tested yet but I want to when I have cash to do it she 23 and me dog yeah there's there's <laughs> actually one of those really yeah yeah fucking hell so man. you can have a complete genetic breakdown of what your dog is right percentage percentage we know for a fact, though, one of her, her mom was a German Shepherd, um, but her hair pattern suggests she's half Burgers Picard, which is a French sheep. She looks like an Irish sheepdog to me, man. Well, like, but they're not, uh, maybe? I'm not, not an sure. Irish sheepdog, an Irish wolfhound, sorry. Like, if you Google because of Winn-Dixie, that's the dog we think she How is. How the fuck do you spell that? Uh, because of Win, W-I-N-D-I. Because of Win. Yeah, Winn-Dixie. Fat fingers. Oh, I see. I've never heard of this dog breed before. It's the Burgers Picard. Oh, wait. This is a movie. What the fuck? Yeah. She looks like the... No, yeah. Because uh, of Winn-Dixie is not a name of a dog breed. <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, what? Yeah, we Americans get really festive and, and yeah, it different. Does, it does look like that, actually. Yeah. Right. But Still, it does look, looks a lot like an Irish wolfhound at the same time. She's just not, she's not, she's just not tall enough to be a Irish wolfhound. Yeah, yeah, that's why I was thinking it was a mix of something. Yeah, but the she's probably got a European working shepherd in her. I'm going to pet this dog. I'm going to come down someday. I'm going to pet the dog. I don't yeah. care if I get a bite. I don't Dude, care. you're well. You're more than welcome to my place anytime. I love dogs. They're they're best. 
They're the best. Yeah. Except for chihuahuas, though. My neighbor has two chihuahuas, and they I, they come at me. I don't think it's a dog. Like I, it's I'm, cat, right? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like, but I think like you have like you're, if you have a dog, like you got to walk the dog, right? Even when you don't want to, you got to walk the dog. I have to walk my dog for a minimum of an hour a day. So she does one. We go out to the woods behind my house, and we just walk around for an hour. I listen to a podcast. It's a great time. It's relaxing. You don't have to walk a chihuahua. You just put it in a ball and it's trying to run away. For just th- throw it out the window and be fine. I remember I, when I lived in Virginia, I almost had a hit a girl. Um, she had like one of those little hairless rats, like a hairless dog that she would just, instead of putting on a leash, you know, half the pound of weight it was and walking around, she would just put it on the ground and let it go. And we would walk our dog at the same time. Mm. Hey, but our dog uh, was a Saluki, which was a, it's, called, it's a sight hound. So it chases rabbits. That's what it's designed to do. And so it like our dog almost killed this dog like six times. Fucking hell. And I, I got to the point where it's like the, the sign says the dog has to be unleashed. This is ridiculous. I'm not going to have my dog put down because you just want to be a little bitch and not yeah. leave it because you're wearing sli- flippers or slippers or whatever the fuck they are. I don't know. The, the weird thing about chihuahuas, though, is they all have Napoleon syndrome. All of them. Like small man syndrome, like this, 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 this. My neighbor is he's a he's a gypsy man, and he has these two chihuahuas, and they immediately run up to me and start barking at me. Big fucking tough man dog. Yeah, what the, who the fuck is this big dog? You know, and then when he goes away, they're like, oh, the owner's gone. Like oh, ooh, and they fucking. I just want to kick him like a football. I'd never do it, but a prime opportunity to kick a chihuahua over a fucking. Bush. I had a I had a science teacher in eighth grade. No, ninth grade, um, Mr. Hopwood. And he actually called, he, he's, uh, one time I was talking to him in class, he's like, Caleb, do you realize what you have? And he, I'm like, what? He's like, you have small dog syndrome. Because I, I was such a tiny kid at the time. It was All like, right. I was like 150 tall, 30 kilograms wet. Like I was skinny. Was it before or after he made you blow him? This was before. Afterwards, <laughs> I, I, he gave me, gave me this weird pill that made me sleep but grow at the same time. Um, yeah. So like I was compared to being a chihuahua for most of my life. Uh. And now I'm just an elegant piece of shit. <laughs> That's a nice way to describe yourself. An elegant piece of shit. Yeah. I keep trying to think of how to re- how to how would I take my style and like put it together in something and I'm like, it's edgy, but if like edgy went to a private school. So it's like shittier. Oh yeah. Yeah. You do cross your legs on stage. That's the one thing. I mean, I don't care. I'm like because half my family's for most of my life thought I was going to be gay and the other half <laughs> what yeah, yeah yeah like they all they all because th- I like I wouldn't I asked my mom to explain this to me because I didn't get it she's just like you took care of yourself like um, you washed your hands or you didn't play hockey um like you cared about the clothes you would wear like I've got pictures of my uncles who just like walk out of the house with literally anything doesn't make sense. Like in the middle of the snow, my uncle will drive his Jeep without doors in shorts and a tank top. It's like Florida, but in the north. Yeah, but I do that as well here, man. That's fucking. No, no, it's a great time. But like, yeah. that was not that was not an occasion on a bed or something just to do. That was like a daily occurrence. But for me, I was like, I wanted a specific way to look and, and have a style and shit. So you, you coming from upstate New York, you're used to freezing fucking cold it's colder there than it uh, gets here right yeah because we're in here we have the ocean which is really like a a nice buffer to not feel the siberian winds 
but uh, all the winds from, I think, like northern Ontario and Alberta come down, and in Newfoundland as well, they come down, they just fuck up the northeast of America. Yeah, because when I, when I first came to Estonia, I'm from a part of Ireland that doesn't get snow. Like, pff, minus two would be the coldest it would get. Yeah. No snow, no fucking ice, no, well, ice, yeah, but like, n- no, like, put a scarf on, gloves, big coat weather. And yeah. I come here year one, and it was the coldest fucking uh, winter they had here. In years, got to minus 35 outside. Yeah. And I remember Pia was working in a, a photo studio at the time. And she was like, hey, come up um, and wait for me after work. And I, I put on fucking um, sweatpants. Yeah. And a t-shirt and a hoodie. And uh, I, I never thought it would ever happen to me. But I couldn't feel anything from the waist down. After two minutes of being outside. Yeah. Didn't have a clue this was going to happen. No experience whatsoever. Yeah, like, it, I mean, it's to the point where there's a lot of similarities between upstate New York schools and Estonian schools. Like, you have the, the coat racks, and you have to bring a second pair of shoes. We had the same thing. So we each had a, in my elementary school, we each had a cubby where we would take our snow pants, and then we would also take our jackets, put them mm. in the cubby, and then we'd have to take off our snow boots, and then we had to put on our sneakers. Fucking snow boots, man. Like it, Yeah, like, we had everything, because I think... Well, here we, in last year's, we haven't really gotten snow, but, you know, when they did get snow, it was like a meter, meter and a half. In New York, we'll, we'll easily get like three, three to seven meters a year. So it's always at like a meter and a half and it's always shit cold and never see the sun. So it's like. Yeah. Cause I, I, when I, I was in New York to visit my family in 98 and, uh, it was the first, like the snow was coming up the door. Oh, I would have been alive during then. You would have. Yeah. October 1st, 98. I should have went up and said hello. Yeah, you should you should have walked to my dad. To my my parents asked me like, "Listen, in roughly twenty one years, I'm gonna get this kid shit faced. <laughs> We're gonna be wandering around Tallinn at five o'clock in the morning in loca pizza, talking to homeless people, <laughs> which is what we, it always tends to happen. It all, we always end up in loca pizza at five o'clock in the morning talking to homeless people. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's like it's a, great. It's a great way to end a night. Oh, yeah. Because, I, I mean, what is, what, otherwise, what am I going to do? I got, I'm too drunk. I don't want to lay down yet, so I got to spass the time. day is too rough, though. It's too rough. I got to slow down, man. I'm getting old, you know? I'm to the point where, like, I'm, I'm used to never sleeping at this point and just, like, going. Like, I'm sleeping so much, my back is hurting. And it's, it's like, like, this is how fucked up Corona's got me. But I'm used to, like, waking up at, like, it's too much sex, Too much riding. Too much sex, man. You got to slow down with that. Like, oh, yeah. So what else are you going to be doing? That's all I'm doing. Yeah. It's, I, got, I got shit to do, like, video games. They don't bring, as me, bring me as much joy. Because when I don't have time to play video games, video games like, oh, my God, Counter-Strike's so fun. And now it's like... Oh, you're at that age where video games still actually bring you joy, right? Yeah. I struggle, man. I struggle playing games these days. I, I, I struggle staying interested. Like, I'm playing Call of Duty Warzone now, and I'm like, ah... I have to force myself to into a game before I get into it, you know? I have... So for me, Call of Duty is hard to get... Like, when I was playing with James for like a month, and then James stopped playing. He sold his game because he didn't like it anymore. And I was like, okay, now I got no one to play with. What am I going to do? So I started playing Rainbow Six Siege. Mm, yeah, yeah. And because, one, you know, you're picking a specific play, a specific operator, which only, can do a specific thing to do a very specific job. It's a puzzle. How do you win each match? And I just like the puzzle aspect of it. But because I've been playing, I bought the game like last Friday. I already have 30 hours logged in. It's like, okay, 
I got too much time now. I need I need other shift to do, so this makes it special. Mm. He said, if I can log in and play an hour once every three days, it's a great hour. But if I can play for six hours straight, like I'm just like, what was it? so you you were born in ninety ninety eight ninety eight yeah. So what was the the console that you had as a young kid? PS one. I had a. Um, I had an Xbox 360 for. Uh, sorry, no, no, sorry, no, 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 no. Don't say that to me. I'll kill myself. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> Red, had, retro console, uh, fucking Xbox 360. I had, I had Xbox. I had the original Xbox, and then I got a PS2, and then, but I only had like three games. So it was Aggressive Inline, and it was, uh, Sly Band, not Sly Bandicoot. Uh, what is his fucking name? Sly, um, Sly Fox. No, Sly. I know what you're talking about. The little fucking sneaking, the stealth fucking. The Sly. raccoon. Yeah, yeah. Sly yeah. raccoon. Is that it? No, it's Sly something. Okay, whatever whatever one it was. It was Sly Sly Cooper. Sly, Sly Cooper. Cooper, that's Sly it. Sly Cooper yeah, yeah. 2. That's what I had. And then I didn't have video games for... But that's depressing. Like, PS2 was your first... Yeah, and then I got a DS. Oh, Jesus Christ. And I played Pokemon for fucking two years straight. Nothing else. Which Pokemon did you start with? Uh, Pokemon Diamond. Diamond. Diamond, yeah. But I also had Ruby and Red. Because I had the DS could do the DS cartridge as well as the... Um, as well as the Game Boy Advance, I I I, uh, I had Pokemon Yellow. That was my first Pokemon, which was you had Pokemon Red and Blue, and then they brought out Yellow as like a special edition Pikachu yep. version, right? Yeah. And I I played it on my Game Boy, and I loved it. I was really into it. And then I left my Game Boy on a wall at the end of my housing estate, and someone took it and stole it, and I was devastated. It destroyed me as a human being. And then that Christmas, my mother got me a brand new Game Boy. And Pokemon Yellow. And from that day on, I said, I'm going to protect this woman as long as I live. I No one is going to say a bad word about her because she got me, uh, my Pokemon Yellow back. Yeah. Well, I think, I think like some people, I think that Pokemon is a really good game to play as a kid because it teaches you a lot. Because for me, it was me, my brother, uh, my best friend. Our one set of our, these twins who were also our friends, my brother's best friend, um, and we all had Pokemon. We all had the same generation, so they were all compatible to to battle. So a lot of times, we really couldn't. We weren't supposed to, but sometimes we bring our our DSs to school, so we play on the bus and stuff. But every Friday night, you had fixed your roster. We <laughs> were gonna battle it out, and you were gonna see who was top dog. Um, but then also, one of my friends got the the it was a Pokemon video game that you would connect your DS to the Wii. I remember that, yeah. And then you yeah. got to actually see... It wasn't just like Charmander or... Uh, sorry. This was like one of those arena games, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. you got to you got to see fucking Pikachu go at it. Like he got to jump up and lightning bolt. It wasn't just Pikachu, lightning bolt. And it, it was your shit. Pokemon. Too. Yeah, it, yeah, was, yeah. it yeah. was the one that, you know, like... Uh, what was it? Oh, fuck, what was my Pokemon I had? I had the third... The third... Fucking third evolution of the diamond fire one, which was a fire chimp. I was just thinking that because actually, just a quick story about that that fire chimp. I, I forget his name. Uh, fuck, I forget his name. But I called my my one monkey. That was his name. Yeah, right. And monkey is still alive to this day. I traded monkey to this um, guy who I met on the internet called Fusion Warrior years ago. He was this immuno. He had a condition where he, uh, he the, the bubble boy condition. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, so I, I traded him Monkey, and every now and then I get an email saying, hey, man, I still have Monkey, he's still, <laughs> he's still here in New York, you know, in fucking 
New York City monkeys there waiting for me to eventually reunite, I suppose. I don't know. I mean, but that's that's the thing is like it's like I guess it's like what people do with sports teams. I don't follow sports, but you attach to them. Hey, lucky you, you don't follow sports because it's fucking tough at the moment. I got sports. into I got into CSGO sport wise. Ah, that's not a sport. But no, no, no. It's, it's not a Esports is bullshit. Fuck that. I got into gambling. That was that's what I was started doing. There's there's a problem. <laughs> there's a well, fucking problem. The website the website I was using uh, when I started trying was um had a promotion that if you put in ten euros, right, uh, they'll give you forty extra, so it'll bring your account level to fifty. And so I start I put in ten, then I got fifty. And then I was playing around for a couple of days, but I wasn't like I wasn't just going through who's playing. Oh, these are good well, this odds. Is sports betting, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So for me, it was like I would I was researching every team that was playing in the last tournament that was in Poland, and I was researching every team, checking the lineup, checking their past three month history for comp like games against this teams. Like I really enjoy the analytics of it, and then I was making these combo bet slips where I was putting in five and I was coming out with forty five bucks. So from 50, I think my account's at like, I made one bad move on, because <laughs> I know, I, I'm very confident. There's always one bad move. Yeah, I'm very confident when I make the like, uh, when I make like a quick, I'm, I'm very confident when I do the math behind it and I look at what the match is looking like, what's the lineup and how can, what are they, should I bet a handicap or I bet full, right? Um, but I just made I made a quick bet, way too much, and now my account's at roughly ninety bucks. So essentially, so you're I'm forty up. Yeah, I'm forty up from the base number, but also if you include that base number as well, I'm actually eighty bu- eighty up. So I stay well the fuck away from sports betting, man. I don't. Oh my! I'm the not, only the only sport I bet on is MMA, because you can make a reasonable return if you know what you're watching you know yeah but as for football and shit like that i was fucking hope there's a new service i found that i was i was um i was looking into um for poker where basically i guess professionals not all professionals put their own money into play for like their deposit or their buy-in and so there's a new service where you can buy part of a person's buy-in so say so the buy-in's like ten thousand and you put in 30%, so you put $3,000 into the buy-in. You're staking them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then, but it just makes it easier for everyone else to get behind it, and then you get 30% of whatever the overall take is if he wins. Just so, p- just play. Just just get on. Um, get on fucking Poker Stars, and we'll have a few. We'll take some fuckers to the cleaners. <laughs> we'll take them for everything they have. I, I started playing poker as well, which I think is kind of what it like led me into, like, I, I kind of like the gambling rush. I kind of like it. It's really nice. What game? What kind? Texas uh, Hold'em? Texas or? Hold'em. Oh, okay. I, when I start when I start a game, I'm fairly decent with keeping my cool and like maintaining it. I had like two shots and like three beers, and then I'm like, "Fuck it, I'm going all in." Uh, never play poker drunk. That's such a mistake. Yeah, I mean that's why they give you free <laughs> drinks at a casino because yeah. it just like I was uh, so into like going bigger. Like that's the thing. Like. Like um, I think that's so why like the Estonian. If I go full circle back to the comedy and stuff, like that's why it's so nice to me because it's you're so full into it that it's just that that constant drive to get that same thing. Yeah. And like you know when you're just sitting playing poker with some DEA agents or some shit, and you're just like throwing down fucking bull house. You're like, <laughs> you're like I'm a guest in this house, but I run this shit. <laughs> Have you ever played poker in casinos in Estonia? I'm not old enough, I think. Don't you have to be like 25? Do you? I don't know. It's a whole fucking ordeal anyway. You got to hand yeah. in your ID and all this shit. And 
I mean, I, we could just do a poker. Like, I keep telling people, like, I want to do a poker play, poker game at my house. Let's fucking do it. We'll live stream it on the comedy. We'll Estonia. live stream. I'll fucking if, if you promote gambling to all the kids out there. <laughs> <laughs> we get it. We'll have Sander like giving them a description. Like Sander makes food and be like, but listen, the real joy of life is actually the gambling of life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so when you have this set of cards, always ride high. <laughs> I. It would be great though because w- one of my favorite things. Um, that Louis C.K. did was was those little poker um, parts of the Louis show he shot, mm. where it was just comedians sitting around sh- sh- talking shit, but playing, playing poker. poker. Yeah, yeah. We should do that. Live I would stream. But fucking love that. I'm done with anything creative. And just I will not. take all your money, but you know. I mean, I was telling people that I wanted to do a poker night at my place with a 10 to 15 year old buy-in. Get 10 got 10 to 12 guys on a uh, tournament sir, tournament style top three take the money split it someone's walking away with 50 euros like i cannot be the investment on this on the other side too i'm making hot wings i'm making ribs you're all bringing beer i'm not seeing how anyone loses in what's, this night. what's the caleb rib recipe that uh, everyone needs to know so if you want lots of sugar lots of brown sugar right actually i don't <laughs> use a lot of brown a little bit of brown sugar but so basically my general recipe to get people into doing ribs is you need to buy the large rack ribs that have no seasoning from the generic pork company, right? The the green label. That one. Rockefeller. Yeah. Those ones are the good ribs I generally use. Um, I will you don't make, kill your own pig, bro? No, I choose not to just because, like, <laughs> I only need the rib and I... My guy's not buying... My plug's not buying my pork chops anymore, uh, so it's too much of an investment for one dinner. I tell you where you get the best ribs is the... Um, Oma Purusas, um pork shop over here in Baltiam. Okay, um, they're not shrink wrapped and preserved or anything. They're just but there, they're just ribs. Even better. So like, but I also buy. There's a specific. There's a glass jar that has like very thick uh, molasses based um, barbecue sauce. So I buy one of those. I buy a Hanes barbecue sauce as well because it's more liquidy. And then, no sweet baby Ray. We don't have sweet baby Ray here. Yeah, we do. Where the fuck is that? Prisma. I've got two bottles of the shit in my fridge. I use Remy, so I'm. I think I, I, they got each. Each like I can only buy Reese's pu- Reese's pieces. Right, after the Coleman podcast, Market. we're driving to Prisma, and I'm getting you some sweet baby rays. That would be much appreciated. Let's do, let's do it. Yeah, but okay. So like, don't drink and drive, people. Yeah, don't drink and drive. It's bad. It's dangerous. Right, terrible. You're gonna put someone's life at risk, and more importantly, sure, you we're might drinking have... pop at the moment, so it's yeah. fine. Cans of pop. You're... <laughs> Did you know Alexander make pop? Yeah, they make the best soda pop. It sounds like I'm fucking talking from Wisconsin. Did you see Ali Ackerman drank 60 pints last weekend? Anyway, back to your recipe. I must know. Yeah, so I think the, the best recipe to do is put five cloves of garlic into a pot. Let it simmer with a very little amount of oil. Then you want to dump in um, you want to dump in the whole, depending on how much ribs you make. This is going to fluctuate in size, but this is kind of just general parts. For one rack of ribs, it's one jar of these this thick American barbecue sauce. Then it's one bottle of the he- the Heinz bar- barbecue sauce. Mm-hmm. Then you're gonna put clove of garlic in, fresh chili. Um, if you want it lightly spicy, you just put in um, a minced version of the skins and the flesh. And if you want it extra spicy, um, crush or like lightly uh, activate the seeds by crushing them so that juices flow out. Put those in. Um, a decent amount of garlic, salt, pepper to taste, 
Apple juice is it very important? Is a good one if you want it. Yeah, sweeter. I see that a lot in, in American rib recipes. The yeah. apple juice. I ch- yeah, I tend to I tend to avoid using uh, just maple. Uh, sorry, not maple syrup. Maple syrup works as well. Um, and so avoid using so much brown sugar by using the apple juice, and then because it becomes too sweet, then you either want to add lemon or apple cider vinegar because it's it's good flavor. And then I do not have liquid smoke. Um, which you can buy in America. You can get that here too. I need to find these fucking stores. Stockman. <laughs> Stockman's expensive. They're selling pillows for like four. If you bucks. need, if you want to know where shit is, just talk to me. I know where everything is, man. Oh, oh. trust me. Rib night, poker night. I'm gonna make it fire. I'm gonna do it, man. And then uh, what was last? And then so garlic, garlic pepper, ginger, barbecue sauce, apple cider vinegar, apple juice. Then you want to simmer that for a little bit. Um, and while at the same time, um, oh, cayenne as well, red pepper flakes. Just make sure you have that shit fired. Shout out to Chef John. Exactly. <laughs> and then uh, you want to lay out your rack of ribs on a sheet of aluminum um, with a silicon brush. Brush everything out with a he- hefty amount of this uh, constant concentrated sauce. So you have to cook the sauce down so everything's mixed together and it's slightly thick. Um, cover the whole thing. Then... Put it, put the tin foil around it so that there's no air pockets, and so like even you know how ribs are concave, mm-hmm. so that the so the aluminum foil is pressed into it, so there's no there's no air between the aluminum foil and the rib, so that for the first two hours of cooking, it's just going to cook in its own fat, so it mm-hmm. keeps the meat moist, but as well as it's fall off the bone. Then when you're going to take that out, new fresh piece of aluminum foil, put it back on your um your grate. So I recommend using the air rack. Um. Now you just want to coat the entire rack of ribs gently so you don't fuck up the meat uh, by s- scraping it too hard if you're when you're de-wrapping it. Um, cover it in new barbecue sauce, and you want to do three layers at a broil temperature um, so that the barbecue sauce on top and on bottom becomes thick as if it was grilled as well as it burns a little bit so it has that crunch. And then you take that out, let it set for probably 10 minutes, and then you got fucking ribs in two and a half hours to three. Now I'll give you Pia's recipe. She takes a, the ribs. She takes about 20 fucking cloves of garlic, dices it all up, mixes mm-hmm. it with butter, rubs the ribs, fuck it in the oven. Best ribs I ever had. <laughs> yes. Just soft, buttery, garlicky ribs. That that makes me think of like kind of lamb chops or like lamb lopsicles. But she, she's she's not a fan of barbecue sauce, so you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I love barbecue sauce. I'll fucking make hot wings and that shit all day long. Yeah, just something to make your mouth burn. Like, I I don't like I don't like hot wings that are super hot. I just like them when like as the more you eat them, the more pain you feel. So the more beer you drink, and so it's an endless cycle. Well, I'm a huge spice person. I love fucking heat. Laura's family. so rare in this country. <laughs> Laura's family cannot handle heat at all. It's just Estonians in general. They don't have spice as part of their. I think it's the funniest part because I've cooked for them before on multiple occasions and I love cooking for them because I cook for them from my taste. But I eat a Carolina Reaper when I was like 17 and I think that has... Why would you do that? Uh, was, had it, a, was, it, was it you and your boys fucking betting yeah. each other? Bro, try this, brah. No, my dad had bought like my dad had bought like a quarter pound of Carolina Reapers, whole, whole Reapers. Um, there's it's such a bullshit pepper it just exists to be hot there's, yeah yeah there's no flavor to it yeah no, no. You know? the guy the guy who made it is it's only done just out of the steak of and being he hot. has a hotter one that yeah, is yeah. waiting to like beat whatever beats the carolina exactly 
Um, Pepper X or whatever it is. My Indian friend was like, oh, I'm a vegetarian. I can handle spice. No worries. I'm like, okay, I'll bring the shit. So we brought it to school and like six people tried it and everyone else was in Were they dried as well? They were dried, yeah. They were. They were. (laughs) I had this friend named Rishab and so we, the guy I was betting, Arudra, I said, I'm like, here, man, here's the, here's the thing. Let's all take it. So this, this guy, Rishab, right? Big Indian. He's easily like, he looks like a solid unit. And he will fuck you up. Mm-hmm. And he takes it in like, it's not that bad. And everyone else is like, really? And I started chewing it. And everyone's like, what the fuck, Caleb? You were like, I, I was like, oh, shit. I lost all credibility. <laughs> I just brought fake peppers. Yeah. And the next thing we see is we see Rishab stand up and grab the jug of, of water on the table. It's like two and a half liter. And just down the whole thing and do it. And one by one, we each started feeling the pain of the mm-hmm. Carolina Reaper. And just cried essentially. Fuck. I've but never, I've never had a carrot. I've had the uh, the hottest one is the ghost pepper. I've yeah, had. it resets your it resets your tolerance. Like once you have the hottest thing possible, you're like chipotle ain't that hot. Yeah. Habaneros are like they're spicy and they burn a little, but it's like you're like mm, this is fun. You you think this is a game? The hottest thing I've ever actually. Now that I know you like spice, I'm gonna hook you up with some of the best shit. There's this one legged man in London. Um, who has a a rib stall on uh, Brick Lane? He's called the Rib Man, and he makes this sauce that uh, is called Holy Fuck Sauce. And Holy Fuck Sauce is 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 delicious and it's a bit spicy. But he he's met a new one now called uh, the Holy Mother of God Sauce, and it is the nicest fucking hot sauce you'll ever have. I'm gonna get you a bottle. Do you want? I'm gonna order it today because he sterilizes his bottles. He doesn't bring coronavirus, and you know. Have you watched, um, have you watched, what the fuck is it? Uh, First We Feast, uh, Hot Ones with Sean Evan? Yeah, of course. I want to buy the whole lineup and I want to do it. Yeah, I, I've, I haven't tasted many of the, the sauces they have. The only one I've tasted is the... Um, Tabasco? The, no, the Dabam sauce. That's the only one I've had. The Dabam and the 356, 357 Magnum are the ones I want to try. Just be, Not because like, oh, I want to have the sauce in my arsenal at home. It's more like, I actually want to feel that pain. Because it would make the bomb's those... not too bad though. It's like, you know, it's all right. But I think, do you think that? Because I kind of have this idea that each pepper has its own like flavor to it, to where it's like it brings the heat in a different way. Yeah, like the Carolina Reaper is like fate getting face fucked, where like the habanero or the lower level spices are more like they're just bringing it on, and then oh sorry no chipotle uh, the chipotle. Chipotle jalapeno, jalapeno is what yeah, I was thinking. The, but like the fucking uh, habanero is more just like in your face, but like a cool in your face. But habaneros taste nice too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's a flower, isn't it? Is it? I don't know. I don't fucking peppers. My grandfather's a gardener. He probably should know. My favorite pepper is the Scotch bonnet though. Fucking glorious pepper. Is it from Scotland? No, it's from um, West Africa, I think. Why is West it called Africa? the Scotch bonnet? Because it looks like it's a Scotch bonnet hat, which is a type of hat, which is kind of like the hat I'm wearing now. Yeah, yeah. The, which, which is all I'm wearing, by the way, for the folks at home. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Tim Tim said, hey, just come to the office, get out of the house for a couple hours. Now I've got to be like Harvey Weinstein this shit. <laughs> <laughs> but the Scotch bonnet is like, when you bite into a Scotch bonnet, there's just this fruity yeah. explosion. It's not too hot either. I mean, so. I think like, I think, now I'm thinking about it. Eating peppers is like drinking whiskey if you're if you're just getting into it, because 
Okay, if you take Jack Daniels, that shit hurts. Like, there's no, you don't tell me Jack Daniels doesn't hurt when you're first starting out drinking whiskey. Come on, whiskey. man. Jack Daniels is fairly smooth and, and I nice. No, no, no. But it has, it has a bite to it, though. It, I'm not saying it's rough. I'm just saying it has a bite to yeah. it. The alcohol burn to it. Like yeah, that. yeah. The alcohol burn. That's what it is. But, like, when you start, like, experimenting more spices, the same with whiskeys, like, you can be able to identify tastes and you still have that alcohol burn if you're, like, I still get it. But it's just, like, you enjoy it. You're, like... Ooh, like yeah. there's a there's a bite to it, and you're like, that's the that's the fun factor of it. No one would drink whiskey if it didn't have the fun factor of the alcohol content, but more importantly, that burn. You know what I mean? Because there's a, a joy in it. There's a great quote by um an, uh, a writer from Kerry, from my county, from the town of Listowel, um, John B. Keane. He said he he loved drink, right? He loved yeah. drink, and he described. His way of describing, you know what? I'll play it on the fucking podcast because we have the technology. Yeah, we got the technology. And while I'm uh, getting this up, is um, is this the? Uh, is this the no, no, it's it's on Bluetooth, man. Oh fucking, shit, yeah, you got Roadcaster Pro on Bluetooth. I'm telling you, man, comedy Estonia are fucking coming up in the world. When we started, we we had we had a shed. We had a shed. I don't. I mean, that's like, like it's cool. I think. Oh man, watching this company grow has been amazing. It's been fucking. And I always knew too. I always knew comedy Estonia were gonna get really like entrenched and established yeah um even back when it was just a bunch of lads having the crack um and now here we are man we got a think, studio and shit do you think comedy stoney is a cult because <laughs> james was telling lewis as the cult leader right no lewis was telling me that like he thinks that i'm really territorial because after what that you, how so because like i actually got pissed off by this other american who was performing the Oops, hang on i'll pause that there let me just play this quote real quick okay now, this fella is from a town called Listowel in North Kerry, in the, the same county of Ireland that I'm from. Legendary writer. And his description of drink is fucking beautiful. No man was ever born into this world with such a passionate love. Oh, wait, I might have to translate this because no one's going to understand what he's saying. Something about a passionate love. I have Irish descendants, so I kind of get it. No man is born into this world more than me without a passion for the drink. Nickel. As myself, I, I, it isn't just that I love liquor. For it the isn't taste just that I love the liquor for the taste of it. Of whiskey into it. I'm gonna have to translate this. No one's gonna. Oh, I'm, he's a carry man. Let me just play the whole. I'm thing. I'm actually man. really impressed. I'm really happy with myself. I'm kind of getting. All right. Well, I'll play the whole thing and we'll see how much. Reminds you get. me of Bilbo Baggins. No man was ever born into this world with such a passionate love of liquor as, as myself. I, I, it isn't just that I love liquor for the taste of it. I love the plop. A whiskey into a glass. I love it. I love to listen to it. I love to see the cream on a pint. I love the first powerful, violent impact of a glass of whiskey when I throw it back in me and when it hits the mark below. I chase it then with a pint and that's even more beautiful still. Drink in moderation is one of the most ridiculous statements ever made. You must drink a little more than moderation. <laughs> you must drink a little more than moderation. But his 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 description of like the first violent impact. Yeah. When you throw a glass of whiskey in and it hits the mark below. Oh man. It, it's just like I think I heard Rogan say like every before he goes on stage for his for his hour, he has a shot of whiskey because it's like it's just like his it thing. wakes you up, yeah. Yeah, just like you're 
like there's a reason why it's like in movies you see like right before the the good guy does the shitty thing that he has to do because it's his duty mm-hmm. as the, as the hero of the film. There's a reason he swigs Jack Daniels and not Jameson. Jameson's for pussies. I don't like Jameson. I don't like Jameson. And I, I get so much shit from people saying, oh, you're not fucking... No, no, Jameson is is shit. I think Jameson is smoother than Jack Daniels. But you I think Jameson is smoother than Jack Daniels? I have... I, Come on, man. I mean, I'm fucking... Like, for me, it's easier to drink. And that... I'm not saying, like, oh, it's smooth and smooth and as smooth as can be. I'm just saying... I just can drink Jack Daniels straight. Then I, I can't drink Jack. I can't drink. Um, I can't. I can drink Jameson, not Jack Daniels. But I will say this before I before you rip me apart in your. I'm Irishness. not gonna do nothing. Man. Oh, okay. I'm just listening to you. <laughs> I my favorite whiskey though is um, uh, Bullet Bourbon's Fr- Frontier whiskey. I do like Bullet. Yeah, it's good stuff. That shit's rough, but it's really nice. Yeah, it and goes I, down r- like too too easy for me. Bullet. My problem is like bullet. The first two shots are like rough, and then you're like, I'll chase it with some coke. Um, but then it's then it's and then you're like, I'm I'm in the frontier, man. Like this is what this whiskey. This whiskey is not a drink. This is a history lesson. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you finish the bottle after like four hours, and you're like, I gotta go kill some Indians right now. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like someone's scalp's gotta come off. Have you ever tried Eagle Rare? I have not. I'll get you a bottle when I'm in Super Alcohol next. Oh, I right. like it. But uh, the, the most dangerous fucking drink for me of all is Sailor Jerry rum. I've the, seen that. I haven't tried it. That stuff goes down way too easy. It, you can fucking skull a whole bottle of that stuff and not feel it. And it's 45%. You, you're fucked before you know it. Yeah. I mean, you just gotta, you gotta learn, you gotta learn how to balance yourself out. Yeah. We here at um, uh, the Caleb and Tim podcast, we want to stress that you must drink in moderation. Unlike what John B. Keane just said when he said you must drink a little bit more than moderation. I just think that you need to, you need to, okay, to properly drink, I think there's a couple things you need to do. You need to learn how to throw up. You need to learn what a blackout is like. And then you need to learn, hey, I might have a problem. Right? That's kind of like, and once you have that, then you'll be like, I can drink. That's fine. I'm, you, people are like, you're lightweight. You're like, no, I just like a good time. Yeah, but if, if you have the, know when it's a problem yeah usually you don't know <laughs> you, yeah. you're just saying yeah well it's not a problem when someone i would say like i would say when someone says something like Are you really gonna drink and shit like it's happened with actually right now it's happened with like one or two guys and actually i'm not gonna say that shit i just know for me i have been told like hey maybe you shouldn't do this or didn't do that <sighs> fuck them at the time, it made sense, but now it's like I'm past that point where I can feel myself slipping into like, okay, now we're in dangerous territory. Fuck but before man. that happens, you're like, I'm still good. There's an Irish saying, if you, there's no point in going out with the lads at night if you can't get up with the men in the morning, right? Yeah. If you, and if you can still get up with the men in the morning, then you're fine. You're grand. Yeah. Drink away. Beat I mean, the wife. Fucking. <laughs> I mean, I've, sh- I've shown up to Popov's lessons hungover as fuck. Which was really, that was a really weird relationship I had with Papa for a while too. Because Papa was my teacher when I started doing comedy. And so like, he would be my, he would be teaching me about like French law or Roman law or like how Islamic laws changed over the years. And then he would be like ripping into the Estonian politics and shit. And the first time I performed, Laura saw Papa as well. And the first show, uh, sorry, the first class after that, she looked at me like, 
I don't think I can ever look at this man the same way. So like she's like I, he's I, such a fascinating person. Oh, it's a like I'm I I tell people about his resume before I tell them about like if he's a good guy or not. He is just he one he's one of the most fascinating people I've ever come across. I hold on. Because I was introduced to him day one when he first started as oh he's a he's a bouncer down in um he's a doorman in club something or other yeah but he's not just a doorman he runs a security company and yeah. he's a law, law professor but then I, but then I became friends with him and I yeah. see all these posts going to these law um events or whatever yeah. in Belarus and Russia and fucking yeah, he's Finland a, he, like, he's a mood fuck? court judge yeah like it's I remember I googled him in class one time. So, Papa, if you're listening, this is, I was always taking notes, but because I was a very diligent student, but there was one time I might have goofed off and I searched you, stalked you. He's got like two bachelors, I think two masters, but he wrote his thesis for his master's paper on ninjas, like legal law Class. and ninjas. <laughs> it was, it's like, it's, it's, it's as if he was like saying, you know what? Writing the paper was nothing to me. <laughs> I wanted to talk about Japanese ninjas for a second. Yeah. And in their influences on launch. I'm like, the dude's a fucking genius. Well, see, this is why I'm really in this comedy Estonia thing because you have I have Popov, he's a judge, Margus Tots, who is studying law to be a lawyer. So when shit hits the fan and I end up in court, I have some some contacts, you know. Do you? We there's a. It's kind of a running joke, and Margus Margus even is on it. I think we're like, can you imagine if if you show up to court one day? And you're just like, you're accused of some crime that's going to put you away for life. And then the defense is like, and here's your lawyer, Margus Tuts. <laughs> Hello, we go for notes now. What what do you do? <laughs> one, one, of his, um, one of his recent sets, he opens up, like his first lines is, Hello, bitches. So he walks on stage and like, looks like he's like, Daddy, bitches. <laughs> In his lemon <laughs> shirt. And... Like, Margus is the most confident man I know. Oh, I love him. He's the best. He gets on, he's like, Dere, bitches. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And then I think, like, in the courtroom, he's going to be like, Privet. Margus Tuts. You didn't know who I judge. Suck my dick. Like, Margus is going to walk in, like, don't even fucking worry about it. We're winning this case. What'd you, what'd you kill this bitch? You kill her? You strangle her? You pulled an OJ Simpson? <laughs> Oh, just drive a black Bronco this time. You'll be fine. Don't worry. OJ got away. You will be too. Like Marcus is. God, you're one. 21 and you're doing OJ references. I'm impressed, man. I'm impressed. You gotta, you gotta. The, the one comedian I'm behind on content is Patrice O'Neill. Oh <gasps> man, that there, is go go fucking. If if you want something to listen to, forget his comedy. Just go listen to the hours and hours and hours of his appearances on the Opie and Anthony show. It is fucking gold. It is gold. While we're on the topic of comics. Do you ever like have do you have one comic that you like you can reference off like because if you're at the point at least for me is like you pick a comic you want to reference and that's kind of like where a lot what of What do you stuff. mean ref reference how? So like um Andrew Schultz put a, puts out a lot of uh, crowd work mm -hmm. and I had been watching his crowd work for about 4 months very consistently and to the point I'm not just watching it for pleasure I'm analyzing it trying to find out how is he structuring jokes off something the crowd says and I started doing stand up and even James will tell you like He's Caleb is a kind of a mimic of Andrew Schultz. Like, do you have one of those comics? Mm, Rono told me that um, my onstage makeup, my onstage fucking presence, 
reminded him a lot of early Louis C.K. shit, like the way I speak and stuff. Not the not the level of funny, just the. Yeah. But I don't know, man. Like for me, my biggest comedic influence of all time is Tommy Tiernan. Yeah. Uh, you know Tommy Tiernan, Irish comedian. Mm-hmm. He performed here twice. Uh, the first time he did a show, he did a show in Vabalava, his first show. Yeah. He showed up with no material. He just decided to do this rambling Irishman thing. Yeah. Didn't go down at all. <laughs> Second show came killed. But Tommy Tiernan is 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 really what I would think of myself as basing my onstage persona as. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm my own thing. I'm just... Because I don't write, I don't, I don't sit down, I don't, I don't structure shit out. You're the, you're the one comic in comedy Estonia that is not nationally known, but you are established in your own style and stuff. Like I, I kind of look at, like the first time I saw you perform at uh, Last Nama before you disappeared mm-hmm. for fucking a year, I was like, you just walked on stage and started ta- talking about like the fucking shapes on the wall. <laughs> I remember that. And then you're like... The interdimensional vaginas. That yeah, yeah, you're like the interdimensional vaginas. And I was like, like you were a big influence. You're like, you just you just went on stage and you just said that. And you it wasn't even that you said it that was impressive. It's just like your the way your brain pattern is. Like you just pick it up. That's what that's what draws me to comedy. It's not the attention. I love the attention when I get it. Um, and it's not the craft of making people laugh. It's the way that like you you physically think about stuff. Because it opens oh, it's up... It's just all- pub talk to me. It's all... I'm, I'm just fucking talking shit. I'm just whether I, I'm in a pub or whether I'm on stage. You're just well, the shit thing, talking. I just like when I I hear a comic who makes a funny joke that's really inappropriate, but it makes sense. Like um, Daniel Toss has a joke about saying, um, "I know how to fix slavery. I know how to fix um, uh, racism in America. Make mm-hmm. all cops black and make all white people firefighters. It makes sense. We're more outdoorsy. Who wants uh, tickets to the softball game now? <laughs> Might have to put in a mercy rule." And then some people just like watch the Tosh Point. They're like, oh, whatever. But as me as me, like analyzing, I'm like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Like maybe we should institute this. Like this is policy now off a of fucking <laughs> Tosh joke. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I fuck. I forget where I was going with that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, no, we, you, we were talking about um, uh, the comedians that we would reference. Yeah. Um, I mean, so yeah, Tommy. T- so you, you're the Andrew Schultz. Guy, Andrew yeah. Schultz, yeah. Just like his crowd, I'm because I've seen more of his crowd work than I do his material. And who does Toots? Uh, who what's Toots? Toots just fucking, himself, man. He's just up there, fucking. He he's. You know how when you're so different, there's no reference point that you become a reference point. Yeah, yeah. That's Toots. Like that's. You see, the thing about Toots too is, um, because I was he himself and myself. I think we both started roughly around the same time. So I saw, I was around for almost every one of his shows in, in the in the early days. Yeah. Where he would get on stage and he would get no laughs, nothing. There'd be people looking at him like, what the fuck is this guy? And slowly but surely he developed a, a f- not a following, but a, like a, a harem of people who, who, who enjoyed watching him, even though they wouldn't laugh, they just enjoyed uh, watching his show. But then he started becoming self-aware of it. And that's when, you know... He signed an autograph last month. Did he at f- an, fuck? At an did op- he fuck? At a fucking open mic. An autograph? Yeah. Fucking eat your heart out. Oh, Which Matthew is, Muston and getting fucking dabbed on by Marcus Toots. <laughs> I'm, it's, it's so fucking crazy. Like, out of any... Like, okay. 
in Varskaveri, right? Like in my head as an American, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about like how celebrities are and shit and how like Ariana Grande like Pibe is like an Ariana Grande essentially. I'm like, oh she should get the and no no no. This guy just walks out of UC Post. Who's, who Pibe? Who's that? Pibe Carcalias. The oh, a new person. Yeah. Right? Yeah, okay. She's been, I think she's been doing Sorry, it about a year know. or so. Great. Great comic. But like this, we were at UC Pope, we're all standing outside in VMC and shit. Everyone's leaving. And then this guy just walks up to Marcus and be like, hey, can I get a picture and an autograph? Like, I really appreciate <laughs> it. You were so funny. And I'm like, fucking hell, man. Like, are you? I was, I was like, like nothing against Marcus, but I'm like, I've seen him perform. He just called you bitches in the start, you know, just. But like listening him into English, it's not even like it's like a, it's like a Dr. Seuss book. Marcus is a living Dr. Seuss he, book. He did a show once in um, Von Kral, and he got a legit standing ovation. I was up in the top, you know, the top row in Von Kral yeah. watching him, and it was it was just this perfect storm of the the mood in the room was giddy and and silly. And Marcus, he fucking. He got a standing of the of the only comedian that night to get a legit people on their fucking feet clapping and hooping at him standing ovation. I've never gotten a standing ovation. <laughs> I thought I wrote a I wrote a um, I wrote a Martin Helma joke and it was in my Varsity very sad. Also, I posted it on Reddit. I really shouldn't read the comments. People are assholes and I don't like them. Fuck them. Never fucking read the comments ever. Yeah, no. I ever I was too I, I again new to this posting video shit that's other than my Instagram. So like I was I was really scared for fuck these guys. Like I'm recording a uh, apparently I'm recording one of those food Sander uh, food video things mm-hmm. next week. I'm staying well away from the comments of that one, man. <laughs> Who is this fat fucker? You make shit food. Oh uh, man, it's I can pull one up, but this guy was like, don't fucking don't yeah, give yeah, him the yeah, benefit yeah, of the yeah. doubt. Fuck him. They were just like, like some people were like in the joke like. I put it. I put one joke up uh, for about random and it's like, and the guy's like, "Why is this tagged with humor?" Hashtag bazinga. Uh, yeah. and I'm is this like, "Is the ASTE Reddit?" Or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I wanted They're to cunts. see. I wanted to see what those assholes thought. So th- this one guy's like in on the joke and it's fun. The other guy's like, "Why?" And I made a joke about Martin Helma, and this person's like, "I don't support Martin Helma." But why are you bringing up something from 2012 to 2013? Like, this is so irrelevant. Like, Mart Helma is, has so much more material on him that you should talk about him. Why talk about our precious Prince <sighs> Martin? And I'm like, are you fucking serious? Like, the joke is the fact that you said that it exists. Like, it's not going away anytime soon while you're in, in any sort of power. Like, you said blacks go back. That's a really hard statement to walk back. <laughs> like you He's could, right, though. <laughs> Like if, if Obama came out being like, you know, I think that it's important that all the white people stay home for Martin Luther's Day, King's Day. This is a black holiday. Like we would never stop talking about it. But Martin Helmet is like, nah, the baby boy, he's got too much on his plate. He's saving our economy right now because the corona is fucking everything. And you want to make jokes about him? I'm sorry, that is highly inappropriate. We have a female president. Go laugh at her. You know, like that's kind of what they're like throwing at me. Stay away from the comments, man. Stay because I remember. Do you know what? There was one comment that I will. It stayed with me since I and I, I even th- think about it like every other day. I think about this comment. Carla Alarivarma and Ardo Aspark. Which I, haven't, I haven't seen those guys in a long time. I should really fucking. Ardo's fucking ripped. 
is I know, man. Isn't yeah, it's, it? it's it's that, so those topless pictures of him with the axe. Ooh, yeah, giving like, me the vapors. Like. There, there's a there's a picture on Instagram right now. I think it's the last picture he posted, where it's like he's picking up the mail, shirtless, but he's got like a like a sheepskin coat on. It's and I was like, like I dude, I've seen you in person on stage. Like I, like like he just like he looks like so. Like frail and thin and yeah, know. like like on stage he's like I remember this one token he's talking about like uh people's noses and stuff and everyone's laughing and I'm like you look like you're talking about noses in person, but like in in like this Instagram picture, he looks like fucking GQ's next yeah. like the like the top. It's he's such such an interesting character. He's the best comedian in Estonia by far. He's he's the funny he's the best comedy writer. In the country. I got handily. I got so pissed with this coronavirus because I don't like asking people for for things. Um, but I because I started doing privates. My first private, I would did it with Ardo. I had to drive out to Kayla. So Ardo came out to uh, my house mm-hmm. on the train and we drove to Kayla. So I had like an hour window. So like, I don't want to ask for like, hey, can you give me direct advice on how to be better? So I'm just asking questions about his experiences and try to like... Live him, but Ardo is, is someone who will give you legit yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's just my own personal thing. I don't want to ask. And so um, I was supposed to go, I was supposed to have a private show in Vuru, and it was supposed to be Ardo doing um, fucking Ardo doing 20, me doing 10. More importantly, it was a four hour car ride I could guarantee that I don't have to drive. Mm-hmm. And I could just sit in the back seat with Ardo and we can have chat about comedy for two and a fucking half hours. And then Corona came through, and they were like, you know what? No, you don't get paid, and you don't get the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, this comment, before I forget. Yeah, yeah. So himself, uh, Ar- Ardo and Carl did this kind of sit-down interview thing for Delphi, I think it was. And uh, there was one comment left under the video, and it was just, homo promo. <laughs> <laughs> and every now and then, I it just pops into my head, like, oh, homo promo. <laughs> Whoever left that comment, you're a legend. It fucking rhymes. That's the best part. Homo promo, yeah. Yeah. Um, Is it possible for us to pause this for a second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So so we're back. We're back. You were back. Yeah, I just had to. Because you had to go to the bathroom. Yeah. I, d- I didn't have to go to the bathroom. I'm a a skinny guy. I just don't got a lot of room to hold that. You calling me fat? No, I'm not calling you fat. Why not? I am. I love calling Lewis fat because I know he like... He's like, yeah, 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 whatever, mate. And then he goes home and he like pinches his belly in the mirror. Like, oh, there was one I'm time, fatty old fat. There was one time I completely forgot how old Lewis was. I was in VMC, like our third VMC show. And I, I told him like, hey, man, I found this really cool YouTube channel for like cooking and shit. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, what? He's like, really cool cooking YouTube channel. He's like, he's like, you know how, you know, I know how to cook, right? I'm like, dude, he's just trying to like, help you. he's like, no, 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 I'm fucking 40. Like, I know how to cook. You're just starting life, kid. We'll see because he's buying a a grill. He's buying like a fancy new grill. Mm. So we're gonna go grilling, and I guess when the weather improves, and we'll see, we'll see. You should put your rib game up on the. Oh shit! We'll head to his place and make ribs, and I'm get I'm getting a grill, a new grill too, because like pretty much everything my dad, my girlfriend's dad buys, he's got like he's buying a new version of it. Mm. So I'm getting his old grill, and it's also a smoker. Fuck, man. Oh, a smoker! I'm coming to your house. It's one of the, it's a, it's a all stain, it's all, it's all a steel grill. So the, it's got the grill at normal height, 
but where the heat source, you can either put coals there or at the bottom, there's another chamber where you just put in fucking like chips of wood and then you smoke that. I'll tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to come to your house. I'm going to buy a big fat fucking brisket in the market over here. I'm going to bring some hickory with me and we're going to smoke ourselves a brisket. You want to? I've never smoked a brisket. I want to try one. It's it's like an overnight thing though. It's the only thing, you know. Like if you want, like if we had, if a, okay after Corona, Comedy Estonia should have a company's day. That's what we'll do. We'll all just I'll get the grill, you get the brisket. We we'll all get together. Me and you start drinking and you know cooking responsibly at mm-hmm. four in the morning. Pop. Exactly. We're not. It's soda cop, pop. It, yeah, soda pop. Then we go coffee. You know, yeah. water. You know, for the rest of the day because we gotta stay hydrated. You know, by three o'clock, that stuff's done cooking. Sauna and brisket. All I'm saying, it's going to be a good time. Well, we did this thing once years ago. Um, there was a comedy show in Paida for the Paida fucking, what was it? Some festival anyway. And um, I've told this story a few times, but we, we did this show on a stage in front of like three old ladies in the, in the main square. And then we went back to my place. And I live in an apartment with a tiny bit of grass in front of it. Yeah. But we still fucking set up the grill and we made burgers and and Sander made burgers. I made various things. I introduced them to Irish black pudding, which, you know, was a disaster. What is black pudding? It's uh, very worst, but it's much better. Like bloodwurst? Yeah, but it's much better. It's the best. I haven't had it. Irish black pudding is incredible. I had haggis a while ago. Haggis is amazing. I love haggis. Oh. I have have some in my freezer, actually. So, um, so Laura's father is, uh, will sign up for stuff sometimes. Like he'll just be like, he's interested in it. He's got free time. So he does it. So one time he like pretty much signs us all up to go to a, an Scottish whiskey tasting in, in Estonia. Yeah. In Alice Givi, just North of, of, um, on Papacy, North of Kolkia. And so what ends up happening is I'm supposed to go with Laura and her brother's supposed to be there too. So, cause I only speak English. They're supposed to be my, like my company. So I don't feel sad. <laughs> and my girlfriend's like oh, shit i i got school and stuff i won't be able to make it so i have to drive two and a half hours by myself to alice Kiwi to show up to this event late um they're not speaking english it's all in estonian this guy speak this guy does a 25 minute speech all in estonian and i can't use my phone because it would be rude so like i have to listen to this guy and then uh because we're doing like it's like five, 15, 20, 30 year old age whiskeys, uh, scotches. They're bringing up for us to try. But before you get to the dessert one, you gotta you gotta go to the main dish. So it's haggis. So each table gets a haggis. But there's a an actual Scottish man comes out in a kilt and does the whole speech. Yeah, the 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 cu- cutting of the haggis. Oh, to a haggis or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's the weirdest experience I've ever had. It must have been a, it must have been a Burns night uh, celebration then probably. I'm not sure. Yeah, it was definitely. Yeah. It wasn't too. It wasn't too long ago. It was probably like a month or two. Yeah, it was Burns Night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, so it was Burns Night. Even better. So you know we're experienced, and it was really weird because I get for me, I'm trying to like enjoy the experience of watching this man put his heart into into this into this haggis. Every Estonian's like, oh my god, other kind of white people. Let me pull up my phone and videotape this shit. Mm. Was it a proper big chieftain haggis, like a big? Yeah, yeah. This fucker oh, was large. Hell, I've never, I've never experienced that. It was. It was great because he, he had the knife, he did the whole thing. But then it was really weird because then an Estonian guy, also wearing a kilt, did the translation version oh, on the same haggis. So it was really like he was, he was only half-assing the job. 
but he tried putting a Scottish accent <laughs> into this Estonian translation. And it was so like it was so thick or bad that I could hear, I don't even speak Estonian, I could hear his Scottish accent in Estonian. It was that fucking tough. That might and have it, been Carl on the beer, man. It could have been. Could, <laughs> but he sounded like a fucking nublu with a stutter. Like oh, Jesus. Oh, it was it was me. And then I again I wasn't drinking at the time. I was taking a break. And Laura's dad's like, you know, you can go home. The house is done the road. Like, he's like, no, it's fine. I'm here to support you. And she's like, no, 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 go home. This is sad. You're not drinking, man. So then I got kicked out. Fucking hell. So I went home and you I You tasted the haggis, right? Yeah. No, oh. I loved haggis. It was oh, great. It was so good. So good. Like, like in America, because we don't have a lot of different kind of meats and well, stuff. Haggis is illegal in America. You can't import it. It's just fucking sheep guts and inside a stomach. It tastes good. It's the lungs. Apparently, like importation of lung of sheep lung is illegal in America. Yeah, but you can make it in America. Wouldn't be the same though. True. No, but it's just like in America, I think we're kind of prunish to the kind of foods because uh, escargot or snails, like that's fucking good. Like it's just a muscle. Right. Fuck that. I couldn't eat it. I couldn't. I had, I had I tasted snails once because they, they were heavily sautéed in garlic butter. So obviously, yeah, that's how taste, you do them. It's going to taste amazing. Yeah. But just the thought of the fucking snail in my mouth. Nah. You, you've had like a muscle, right? I hate seafood. Ah, shit. Hate them. Like, but I have a good reason for that, though. Are you allergic? No, no. When I was a kid, um, me and my father would go fishing. A snail came up and raped you? That was uh, when I was a teenager. But oh, when, okay. I was, when I was younger... <laughs> A uh, couple of years before I was raped by the snail, uh, me, my father would take me fishing, and the only thing we ever caught was mackerel. Yeah. Um, there was many other fish to be caught in our spot. There was whiting, there was fucking bass, all that shit. No, not bass, that's river fishing, but mackerel. So we would catch a few mackerel, and my, my dad would just take the mackerel, wouldn't descale it, debone it, and just put it on a, on a hot pan. No oil, no butter, no nothing, and would essentially burn the mackerel and the house would fill with the smell of burnt fish and and smelling that too many times as a kid can't fucking can't deal with it yeah but can you so you can't eat any seafood then or is it uh, just a specific? Cr- crab lobster I, I can do but can you uh, you can't do fish then you see i can i like a fish and chips if it's fried it's different what about like a sushi can't do sushi no ah uh, see very sad i know everyone wants to take me to eat sushi but i can't do it well like i love my favorite thing in sushi is raw salmon. Oh my god, it sounds horrible. Okay, I, I um so like for me, I I don't know how you like your steak, but I like mine rare because I like feeling the the texture of the meat. And so for salmon, you can feel the 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 dense the dense actual uh like muscle, mm-hmm. and then you can the the fat strips the fat lines you can feel that as well. And I like how that feels in my tongue. And this it's a very neutral taste. But it has like a very light aromatic kind of like a like a f- sweet onion kind of feel to it. If it's even if it's even marinated or not, it's just yeah, I wouldn't go rare in my steak either. I'd be medium rare to everything. Growing up in a house with a father who demanded everything be well done. Now he's moderated a bit because my brother's a chef, so he's like forcing my dad to eat things medium rare. <laughs> Shit! But now that you mention steak, oh, you were back in America last summer, weren't you? You went back. Uh, last summer, no, I was here no. last summer. Who was I thinking of then? Who's the other American that I know? Stuart Johnson? No, I don't really know Stuart. Um, I thought you were gone. You were gone for... Yeah, I went to Turkey. Uh, right, I... are you around this summer? Uh, maybe. It depends on the time frame. Like, I think July... If, I, if, 
so I was talking to my mom about this earlier. It depends on how Corona goes. Because uh, my mom may not want me to oh, come. But we're all going to be in church in Easter, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. But, but I have a lot of family that is at, at risk. Mm-hmm. So I can't see part of them. So it's like, if I can't see... Like, I can't... Because it puts me in a position where if I go see someone, they can't see someone else for two weeks. Mm-hmm. So it makes it hard. And I can't see other people. So it's like... It's a it's a kind of a risk to go back. Whenever this corona shit clears up, we're going to London, myself and you. Yeah, no, I'm I'm more We're doing that. it. Yeah. It's I w- happening. I was thinking about going to Chicago in November, but I think I'll still be in school. So you were gonna go with Rona, weren't you? Yeah. That was the plan. Yeah. That he, was told, a- he told me about that plan. Uh with this whole corona plus finances and stuff, uh, you know. Fuck the finances, man. I'm bringing you to London with me. Tough. You can't get out of it now, it's happening. Um but I told I, I was like I told Rano, I was like, because Rano might want to go to Edinburgh, so it's either it's either Chicago or Edinburgh, and um, basically, if we don't do that, I'm playing like November. Let's go to a week in London or something. Yeah, because oh no, you're I'm I am dragging you to London. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're yeah. gonna do a fucking food tour. I'm gonna take you to some beautiful restaurants. We're gonna eat and drink like kings. Do comedy. Like we're gonna. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Oh yeah, that's that's what I'm. I'm looking forward to. That's one of the highlights of 2020. I think is gonna be. Oh man, the food we are gonna eat! You said the word steak, and I'm like, oh, I'm taking you to Hawksmoor, my man. There was oh, so one time, um, my grandfather one time brought us out to this Italian steakhouse, right? So it's like you get steak, and you get like calamari, and you get like pasta too, whatever you want. So we go out, and my dad's like, I wasn't old enough to drink at the time, but You're I was barely old enough to drink in America. <laughs> yeah, I'm just one year over, so I'm, I'm not drinking. But my dad is. And um, my dad goes my goes to my grandfather and says, listen, if you buy all the food for me and Caleb, right, if we don't eat all our food, I'll pay for the entire table. But if I eat all my food, you have to pay for us. And my grandfather's like, fine, you cover your own drinks. He's like, whatever. So I get, I get like a lemonade and a Coke. My dad gets a beer. And then we're, you know, we're, we're sitting there, we're looking, me and my dad, we're, we have a, we have a whole strategy in our heads. We're like, once plus is an advertiser, cause it's Italian, it's massive. So my grandfather's like, tells everyone he's boasting kind of like, oh, listen, Scott's got this whole thing planned out. It's fine. Caleb, he's not going to be able to eat that. Waitress comes around. And then me and my dad go ahead and order. I order a 16 ounce steak. So a uh, 500 ground steak, 500 grams. My dad orders another 500 gram. And then I order um, half a kilogram of calamari. And then my dad orders another steak on top of that. And hmm. then we have French fries for all the dishes. Mm-hmm. And I, together, our, together, ours was like like 60 bucks and shit. And my, my grandfather's like, oh, you, you're really an idiot. Like you're just pe- building your own grave. And then we ate everything. And my dad, my grandfather looked at me like he, he looked angry that he had to pay for our food, but he also looked impressed <laughs> and discussed at the same time. It was like, how did all of that just fit inside your body? And it's just, you know, when I was young, my priest told me, swallow this and you can do anything you you set your mind fair to. Fair fucking play to that priest. If you're out there, priest, yeah, fair play to you, man. Yeah. Making Caleb swallow things that he... Ne- don't necessarily want to, but... Didn't want to. You know, <laughs> I guess, sir. I don't know, that one that went fucking dark. Yeah, st- steak for me is an interesting one because I had, I hated steak when I was growing up. Um, like I, I just I was a pu- I was a, I was such a picky little shit when I was growing up. I wanted fucking ironically enough fish fingers and uh, 
fucking I hated mashed potato. I hate like I ha- I hated all the things that I now love. I I I was really picky up until like 15 when I when I decided like I'm just being an ass. I'm just trying everything. It's actually when I moved to Germany because I wanted to try sauerkraut, but I didn't like cabbage, and I had to go for it. And there's other things in Germany that was like lentils and shit. I don't I don't like them as much on their own, but in a soup I enjoy it. But fuck, how do I say this? I was a picky eater. As what was I saying? Fuck, I was going to a weird memory. You were talking about cabbage. Yeah, but what, what did I say right before that though? Priest uh, made you suck his dick and swallow his. Yeah, there's some, between the two. There was something important there. Fuck, there's never anything important coming out of your mouth. <laughs> no, I just think it's like you gotta try food to experience, experience the world. But it, it is, but like, so you're the same then. You were a picky eater I was until pi- you un- fucking until, grew up. Yeah, until I, until I just, I just grew up like, fuck it, I'll try it. And now there's so many things that I, I missed out on, I think, growing Here's up. Here's a fucked up one. But I can't you. get over eggs. I can't get over eggs. Oh, see, that's, that's sad. I can't eat that's eggs. so sad. I know, I know two other people who just can't do eggs. I can only do eggs in two forms. I can eat them scrambled or I can eat them a French toast. Have you had a scotch egg? Isn't that like, I don't like, it's not the white part of the egg. I can eat boiled egg, like boiled egg whites all day long. You don't like the yolk? I do not like That's the yolk. That's the best part of the egg, man. Just because of this. Um, Because I was so, such a picky You were raped eater. by a chicken when you were a kid? No, no, kind of. But like all, my Sna- entire life, because I was so small my entire life, my dad would make me drink like a glass of milk, a glass of milk every night, as well as make me eat all my food because I was so underweight and I was so small. And so... Me too. Yeah. <laughs> it worked on you. Uh, Look at me. I'm fucking but I'm I, an athlete. But it's like eggs was, the, <laughs> eggs was the thing that I just... I just don't like the texture of boiled eggs and I had them for a while. I didn't like them. And then... Because I used to be able to eat eggs, but then the boiled eggs made me dislike yolk. And then I just... I never got into like... So it's the yolk thing. Huh? I don't like mayonnaise either because oh, it has based egg. Get out! No, 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 no. I don't. I, I can eat like a chipotle mayo or something with a spice, but if it's just mayo, I can't. I can't do it. Like, like I've I've turned down hot dogs and given them away because the because the person behind the counter in Olorex put mayonnaise and then mustard. And well, not she just, should have asked you, Miss Miss Kastman, like Miss Yeah, she. I mean, she was so she was so in tune with her job that she was like, I no, no. I see you. I know what you want, baby. Like that was her thought. And I was like, I actually don't like mayo. I prefer my come inside of my body (laughs) i like like interestingly interestingly enough um i fucking mayonnaise on a hot dog is it's just weird to me i've never had it as a kid so i don't like it now but when i go into circle k i i i want to avoid talking to these people because i don't my level of estonian isn't high enough but i also don't want to reveal that i'm a fraud because i'll go in and i'll go da da uh, and I'll do the basics in in relative, relatively good Estonian. Yeah. But I, if they challenge me for a second, I'm fucked. They'll find out. I have to go, oh, Paulun, Kusoragi, Dingli, Sekelis, Minoes, Tekelon, Vaga, how that type of shit, like, you know? Well, that's a, I mean, I have the same thing. It's like, you have, um, like, at least when my family is like, oh, do you speak Estonian? Do you speak Russian? I'm like, no, not really. And I don't think I ever speak Estonian, but you realize that you actually do speak a, an yeah. actual little amount. We're frauds. Yeah, but it's hot, <laughs> but it's like it's like oh, I speak Estonian, but it's in a very hyper specific situation mm-hmm. that I put myself in. 
like when I'm trying to order a hot dog, but I don't want something on it or like, do you have a special, do you prefer a special gas station? Oh, Circle K or Die, man. Fucking well, for me it was it was Statoil when I first moved yeah. here before Circle K bought them in. But anyway, just to finish my story about the whole hot dog thing, like I don't like mayonnaise on a hot dog, but I will. St- when she says Miss Kasmed, I'll say quick, just because it's the shortest noise I yeah. can make that will get the hot dog into my mouth. You know, I don't want to say uh, ketchup, yeah, yeah, sinep. Uh, I just say quick, and sometimes they look at me like quick. All of them, really. Uh, do you have a specific order? Uh, but like they they brought in the salsa sauce and they're like salsa. Yeah, yeah. I don't want fucking salsa in my hot dog, but I just want to make the the shortest noise that will get the hot dog into my mouth. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not impressed by this. I know I know it's not salsa, but I'm not impressed by that sauce from Circle K. What the salsa sauce? Yeah, the salsa. You shouldn't be impressed I'm by not, anything. From, sorry, it's a fucking gas station. <laughs> I don't know. Just the gas stations here are nicer than in America. Well, we we had a comedian. I did a tour with Chris Betts, this Canadian comedian. He came over, and he was he was blown away by the Circle K double hot dog. Oh, he was like, "What the? F- How is this not a thing everywhere?" It's amazing. It's 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 fucking amazing. But like you know. I maybe you maybe and I don't know the Ireland so you have to comment on it, but like for me, if I was in the States and I told my mom, like the last summer I was spending there, um, like I was working at my uncle's uh, sorry, my cousin's place painting his house and with this drug addict. As you do. Yeah, as, as you do in upstate New York because it's a shithole. Mm-hmm. Um every day I would either go to like the local pizzeria or I was eating gas station food and I would tell my mom and she would make me eat an extra salad to be healthy. Right. And here, like the gas station is not the same thing as it is in the rest of the world. Like the gas station is like the spot to be at. It's where it's, the boys hang out. Yeah. Like, it's they where park the boys and they fucking chat. If you have not been, <laughs> if you are a foreigner in Estonia and you have not been at a circle K at three in the morning, ordering a hot dog and all like the gangsta thug looking boys mm-hmm. from Noma are just chilling in the corner. You have not like experienced Estonia. And all, like my closest circle K is just outside Baida yeah. in Mao. All the girls there know me. They know me. They know fucking everything about me. Wait, I've even I've even become friends with one on Facebook that I that I talked to back and forth. They just they all fucking know me because there's like four of them, and I come in and I I literally order the fucking same thing. I just get a fucking bottle of Evian and a fucking double hot dog, and that's it. Just, it's almost like it's almost like the local pub in Ireland. I walk in and like, hey, the usual, yeah, man, the usual. <laughs> I've always wondered is when you can go to a bartender and be like the usual, is that considered a pro- is that considered when you have a problem? Nah, man, nah, nah, nah. I've just like my old local in Ireland. Uh, shout out to the Mal Tavern in Tralee, County Kerry. I know all you boys are listening to this podcast, but I walk in and to this day, even though I haven't lived in Ireland in eight years, yeah, I walk in and straight away a pint of fucking. You have a tussie, so you had sticker on your phone. You fucking shill. I'm a sellout. <laughs> I'm a sellout. But I walk into that pub and my pint of pint of Heineken is waiting for me, just sitting at the bar. I mean, that's I. I just actually, that's one day I want to experience that level of community. <gasps> Let's go to fucking Tralee then. I've <laughs> well, I mean, for me, I've never lived in a place longer than three and a half years. So uh, you, if you can give me that experience, I'll I'll give you anything. You're gonna have to come down to County Kerry, and I'll tell you what. This is an interesting one, actually, because my mother is an at-risk person for this coronavirus, yeah. right? So 
because of the cocooning order in Ireland, I have had to seriously... Can you, can you define coco- cocooning order? Um, basically, she can't leave the house and she has to limit her movement around the house. Okay, so it's like in a room, inside yeah. a room. The mailman can't come. No one can deliver nothing. The house is a no-go zone. So and this is for everyone over. It's time to her. It's time for her to commit a murder. Then, like, oh yeah, really, yeah, yeah. yeah, like she she'll she, kill the cat. No one likes that cat. Well, everyone likes the. I I fucking hate my mother's cat. Are you? Is your uh, just if I can ask respectfully? Is your is your mother an active woman or is she? A well, no, no, yeah, she's she's grand. She has COPD, which is like a lung condition. Um, so she's mainly like just set it like like in a retirement situation. No, no, no. She's young. She's fucking. She's fit as a fiddle, okay, but she yeah. has this like lung condition. Because I'm trying to imagine is your is your grandmother killing the cat with like a Randy or in drop <laughs> my or grandma, like my silence. My grandmother. All I have no grandparents, unfortunately. Uh, they're 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 all dead and gone. But my mother, yeah, no, she's grand. She just has this lung condition, right? But, yeah. But anyway. So I have to seriously think and consider the possibility of going home if she gets coronavirus, which she won't and hopefully she won't. But if she does, I'll have to get home, right? So I started looking into getting a private jet because it's my own, my only option is to get a private jet. And uh, it's not that expensive. It's actually not that fucking expensive. Can, can you, because, okay, can I, how about this? I'm going to tell you what I think a private jet costs and then yeah. you can tell me the actual price. Uh-huh. Because for me, I think I think like Kylie Jenner, you know, or like okay. one of those bitches, Kim Kardashian, yeah. you know, just after the Ray, the Ray J. Um, give me a number. Just give me a number. I'm thinking that from here to Ireland, mm-hmm. I think it would cost you $17,000. You're almost right. Really? Yeah, it's about five grand an hour and it's three hours. So. Oh, so it's based upon an hour. That's yeah. interesting. Because yeah. I, I would have thought it was completely based upon distance. But you you rent the plane. So oh. you can have as many people as you want on the plane. So I was saying to Lewis, hey, uh, if hopefully it'll never happen. Fuck, man, we'll all go to Ireland on a private jet. <laughs> Straight to Kerry and fucking go on the beer for, in Ireland until it all blows over. Um. Then you can oh the pubs are closed so you can't experience the the usual shit fuck no like that would be if okay so it, if, if that was happening we'd right? have to leave you'd have to leave Laura and everything or she could come as well I suppose no 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 boys plane. trip we're doing it okay this is what we got to do you got to rent a private jet all the comedy Estonia guys everybody possible right private jet there you get a, we get like an Estonian to film us we make a whole like hour documentary of the whole trip. <laughs> And we put it on tele- and we put it on TV too. Yeah, but like I would be flying back because my mother was probably dying, so it wouldn't be like a way champagne for the boys and fucking smoking weed in the fucking plane yet. Woo, fucking into Ireland for for the crack. No, it would be very sad and that, unfortunate. No, no, that's that's the dichotomy. So we got to do like at one scene. It's like it's uh, so like it's me and Rauno, right? We're just ripping a massive bong we're bringing into the country. Like it's <laughs> it's like a two meter bong, right? Tim is crying in the back of the plane. Yeah, and then it and then it flips to your like your interview part of a reality show, being like, "I'm very nervous about my mother. I hope she's able to brave this section. She's not she's not a confirmed positive te- testing positive, but only one can pray." And then me and Rod are like, "Another beer, yeah. fucking drinking fucking flutes of champagne." <laughs> oh my god, that would be the f- okay. In all respect. If we remove the, we remove the emotional, personal texture. Of course, that yeah. would be the funniest. It would fucking be amazing. Rea- it would be incredible. That would make Tiger, 
the make the Tiger King documentary yeah. look like a fucking child's game. But then we we'd all be stuck in Ireland. We wouldn't be able to come back to Estonia. <laughs> so we just keep we're so we're just staying on the private jet because it's like it's raining outside. We're not going outside. Just on the jet, all nonstop. Oh, we're off the fucking jet and we're in a fucking. You, you don't have to stay in the shed in my uh, in my parents' farm, you know. And then after three weeks, when the when the beer r- runs out and the drugs run out, we're like, uh, yeah. Week four, no fucking Daniel Weinberg's is losing his shit. Tim, like, I want to go home. I was promised more than this bullshit. <laughs> but no, that is my own, that's my only option. I can't get out of the country any other way other than get a private jet. And I and I was talking to my my pilot friend, and he's like, "Yeah, like private jets are in such a high demand right now. You're you know you'd oh. be lucky to get one." I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I don't think I don't. Okay, so what the way I see it is that if you if you do choose choose to take the private jet, I. Again, from my perspective, I just don't think that you won't have a problem getting somebody. It's just it's not going to be convenient, right? You might. Oh, but it's 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 a capacity thing. Some of these companies are fucking because a lot of the European-based companies are, of course, only flying in and out of the tax havens, and uh, the richer countries like Switzerland, Liechtenstein, Luxembourg, stuff like that. Yeah. So trying to get one on a route from Tallinn Airport to Kerry Airport would be tough. I mean, see, I w- in my head I'd be like. Because you're saying richer countries, I'm like, just take the boat to Stockholm. Can't do it. It's all locked up. But there. that's what I'm thinking. It's like, it, even if even if you got to go to from, even if you're able to get to Stockholm, right? So imagine you had to drive. Russia's shutting the border down on Friday. So like you have to pretty much, you would have to go through Russia to back up to Finland, down fin, across Finland into Sweden, down to Stockholm. Oh, no. By the way, I've, I've looked that up, that option up as well. I can, I hope the Estonian border guard aren't listening, but I can physically right now hop in a car and drive as far as France. As France? Yeah, because I know of some dirt roads over the border of Latvia, Lithuania, and Poland. And once you're in Poland, you're fine. You can get to Germany, get to France. Yeah. I'm, well, I thought the German border was shut down. Though. Are you talking... Are Is you it? Ta- I'll find a dirt road there too, man. The fucking Schengen zone has made the borders between EU countries so porous. There yeah. is a way across all those borders. Yeah, no, I'm not... I'm, I'm, if you're... If you're don't understand like so like i'm gonna if i share like if i share this podcast on Facebook, my mom's gonna listen right like my mom i'll explain this for my mom right so like you did a good job raising caleb mom he's a he's like he's a good lad yeah but like the cunt thank you mom the countries like here are like driving from new york to vermont right there's an, it's like there's that main toll road you can take that you got to pay but if you know yep if you know there's that like take the exit before and make an extra two two right and left hand turns and then bam you're but there's not even toll roads. It's just, it's like just driving to the next town. It's not even. It's not even like you have to pass under a sensor that like sh- documents you entering the country. I think they have those though. They do. Yeah, I, I, they must do. They must must have something because there's always a load of cameras on the Latvia border watching me bring back seven hundred euro worth of alcohol <laughs> from Super Alcohol. There's always cameras there, but I don't know if they scan the license plate or something. I haven't been to Latvia in like a year and a half. I kind of don't want to. I, I flew through Latvia recently, and I have to say, I'm not very happy with their customer service. In the airport? Yeah. That woman was a bitch. I was showed up. Oh, no, no. Remember the, you remember the night we were out drinking? You mean drinking? the border? Yeah. No, no. I was in, I was in Riga Airport. Okay. Yeah. You remember how we, were, uh, we went out drinking the night before? Oh, I remember. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was a mistake because you had to go to... Yeah. I showed to take up, a flight. <laughs> I showed up to my house at like... Well, I think... So the flight was at... Five, so we. Sh- I think, 
five. You went to. straight from the pub to the, and I went. I went straight home, and then I went straight there. I had thirty minutes at home. I show up at like four, three thirty in the morning, pissed drunk, and I'm like, I gotta pack my clothes real quick. I'm gonna put some music on. We'll be out of the house in ten minutes. That was the night you did comedy in Mad Murphy's in the yeah, in yeah the smoking yeah. room. Yeah, 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 that it was it was an all amazing <laughs> night. And I just put my music on, blaring. So I'm blaring like LMFAO and punk rock back to back in my in my bedroom. And then our friend is driving us to the airport. So I'm just pissed drunk, and I'm like, I'm taking control of the radio. We're just driving out there. And then I show up to. I'm so sorry, Laura, that you had to go through that. <laughs> my fault, because that w- that was one of those nights where we were both like, right, we both want an early night. We're gonna fucking be sensible, and we're gonna, yeah. By I think I said by tw- by midnight, I want to be done. And yeah, because we were at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it was great. Let's go crack yeah. it. Was, it was, <laughs> it's always a good time. Responsibility, though, you know, Keep towing the best. I didn't have a flight to fucking Switzerland or wherever you were going. I was going to Austria. Uh. I had to fly to Germany, but like, I showed up to I showed up to the, the Riga airport, and I didn't realize that the duty free area you need to keep your you need to bring your boarding pass, um, but other stores you could. So I went to the duty free area and I was like, I just grabbed like two bottles of water and a juice, and I'm like, I put it on the counter just to buy it and. This woman's like, I need your boarding pass. I'm like, oh shit, I'm sorry. I just left it down the down the hall. Is it do I really need to go run over and get it to you? I, and I looked, I was like, I be honest, like, I'm hungover as shit right now. Can you just help me out? Did you say that to her? Yeah, I literally told her, I'm hungover as shit right now. Can you please help me out? I don't want to have to walk the extra hundred, two hundred meters to fucking buy this fucking shit to walk another hundred meters. And she's like, No, sorry, sir, I can't do that. Sorry. As I said, is that really that is it really the company policy or you just don't want to do it? And uh, she said, no, it's really that policy. But you, and then she'd switch like being condescending, being like, well, you know, actually, maybe you just ask someone. I'm like, bitch, I'm already in the airport past security. I ha- I'm not like trying to rob this place. And she wouldn't help me out. Yeah, I don't understand. Even buying a bottle of water, you have to show your boarding pass. It doesn't make sense. Like what, what, what did I slip through security the pack? Like I'm the Al Qaeda like sleeper cell. Like I'm just it, waiting for the phone call. It's those cunts who tried to blow up a plane in London in 2007 or whatever. They fucking ruined it for everyone. We can't even bring, we can't even bring our bombs on the plane anymore, Caleb. That's ridiculous, man. As an Irishman, that's fucking that's all, that's racism. I have to put a lock on my gun case if I fly with it in America. It's ridiculous. You have to put a lock on it. Yeah, that way no one can play with it. That's disgusting. Yeah. So. Man, I'm so happy to have come out today. It's, it's ridiculous. I'm happy to have you. Yeah, it's just great. I think we're go- we're gonna we're gonna round it up now, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if, well, 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 not if you're still listening. We know the only person listening is your mother. So yeah. yeah. Thanks so, for listening, mom. Thanks, mom. What's your name? Jessica. Jessica. Thanks for listening. I hope everything's well in America. Keep safe. Stay at home. Yeah. Stay at home. And everyone else listening, stay at home. Don't do what I did today and come to Tallinn. Drive yeah. drive an hour just to talk shit and drink soda pop with my American friend. Yeah. Um, but thanks for listening. And Caleb, thanks for coming. I'm more than happy to do. Do you have anything you would like to plug? Shit. I actually have nothing to plug right now. Nothing. I, I would just say that um, if you are listening, please check out my Instagram. It's at uh, Caleb Brunick, C-A-L-E-B-B-R-U-N-I-C-K. I have a couple uh, clips of my stand-up from Varskaveri and some open, and some like crowd work at open mics. Just check them out. If you like it, 
I'm trying to upload more, but Corona's got my content down, so I got to look for some more stuff. Just give it a follow and uh, maybe leave a like, you know, if you're interested. And by Varska Veri, he means Varska Veri. Varska Veri. There we go. Fuck this language. It's like tough. It's tough. But life is tough. Life is hard. And at the moment, life is harder. Yeah. And I was happy that you dragged yourself out of your house to come hang out with me. Oh, no, dude. I was up at like 1030 this morning. And I was just like, oh, I gotta wait. So I had to put on a fucking show in German on my on my um, computer. Sat in bed for a couple hours, and then you got a text from you being like, "Dude, I might run late." I'm like, "Because I, I woke up at twelve fifty to see, leave by one." And I was see, like, see, I actually I woke up earlier than that for my worry that I wouldn't be early enough to get ready for this because I was like so pumped to fucking leave the house. So, yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. Bye, bye. Stay home, stay safe, don't spread the corona, gloves, masks, dicks out. Dicks out for Harambe.